Oh, my God. 
25 minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. And today is, in fact, a real, true Washington meets Jerusalem day. I have um, I've planned a lot of uh, different trips and a lot of interesting programming throughout the last 40 years. I never would have believed that on a morning that we scheduled to be in Jerusalem and bringing everybody the sights and sounds of the holy city and of the holy land during this very challenging time, I never believe, I never thought for a moment that it would also be a day where I would assume, just based on my limited knowledge of the Jewish world in the United States, I would assume about a quarter of a million people are going to descend on Washington, D.C., today at some point, many of whom are already there, as you heard on the air yesterday, now that it's 6.04 a.m. Eastern Time, within minutes, the Vasikin minion, Minyan Vatikin, is going to begin outside the White House with over 1,000 people scheduled to be there. Will they all be on time? I have no idea. But they will be there, and uh, they will be under a tent, and they'll have a Sefer Torah, and there will be a full Birchas Kohanim, as we discussed yesterday with Mr. Belor and with Dr. Rosa Zada. And um, that was when we were back in New York. We had that conversation. Now we're sitting in our temporary studio in the Nefesh B'Nefesh campus in Jerusalem. And the... um, The crowd is only going to swell as time goes by this morning and then, of course, this afternoon. Because Washington, D.C., and specifically the mall in Washington, D.C., is uh, going to be filled likely to capacity. I remember the last time we did this, it was certainly to capacity and went all the way into the grassy areas toward the back. And uh, with people coming from all over the New York, New Jersey area, all over the Baltimore, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. area, many coming from the southern states of the United States, many coming from the midwestern states of the United States. With all of this happening, there should be uh, at least a quarter of a million people gathered in Washington. The messaging is very simple, and those of you who are tuned in on your way to the rally, uh, as I said, I think hearing us from Yerushalayim, from Israel is going to provide an even greater sense of purpose, an even greater sense of mission regarding today's activities in D.C. Uh, There are three messages that need to be communicated. I think all of us know the three, but it's good to review them. The three things we need to concentrate on, those who are in Washington, D.C. today, number one, Israel's right to defend itself against the enemy and, frankly, eradicate the enemy. And, yes, we are concerned, obviously, as anybody would be, about civilian casualties, but the priority is to take a powerful army and crush the enemy. That is the priority. That's message number one. Message number two, our hostages are being held by the enemy. And I don't have to tell this audience the type of, uh, the type of people that our hostages are. They fall into many different categories. Often we're used to uh, men of a certain age being taken hostage. Uh, we're used to... Um, hostage situations occurring, and women and children being released at some point, (coughs) maybe even the elderly. 
But now we're in a situation where the enemy that cares very, very little, if at all, about life in general, uh, certainly could not care less that um, men, women, and children, and babies, and the elderly, and pregnant women are among those who are being held by the enemy at this time. So that's message number two. We demand the release of our hostages, and I'm sure it's going to be a big theme. We Actually, we were... We were given the the program for today's um, for today's um, rally in Washington, so we'll go through some of that some of that in a second. Talk about those who are going to be addressing these issues, and the third one, of course, is there is a uh, great concern about the rise of anti-Semitism in the United States and the world, frankly. But right now, we'll talk about the United States, and the message is very simple: as we uh, continue to witness verbal. Um, sometimes subtle, sometimes not, and violent actions against Jews as we continue to see all of this and experience all of it in the United States and other parts of the world, uh, we, demand, uh, we demand safety for our, for our citizens. We demand um, any type of government intervention, any other type of law enforcement intervention to protect our communities. And, of course, we need people to get up and denounce this, this anti-Semitic behavior and this anti-Semitic rhetoric. So, who is going to be presenting today? Who is going to be part of the program uh, down in Washington, D.C.? So, here's the list that we were provided with. The list includes people like actress Tova Felcha, CNN political commentator Van Jones, which is a bit baffling to me, but that's for another time. The Maccabees, Omer Adam, Natan Sharansky, Ariel Mukatsarde, the Milken Institute, and Mijal Biton of the Shalom Hartman Institute. The three of them are taking part in what's being called a freedom segment. Then Harriet Schleifer, the chair of the Conference of Presidents, and Ambassador Deborah Lipstadt are both going to be speaking. Julie Platt, the chair of the Board of the Jewish Federations, Isaac Herzog, the President of Israel, and Yishai Rebo. Pastor John Hagee, Dr. Rochelle Ford of Dillard University, and Anila Ali, Pakistani-American Muslim women's rights activist. They'll all be speaking. There'll be a quote-unquote hostage segment where actress Deborah Messing will be there with Orna Nutra, the mother of a hostage Omer, Alana Zajcik, cousin of six hostages, Rachel Goldberg, mother of hostage Hirsch Goldberg, Poland, Representative Kathy Manning of, New, of North Carolina, Senator Jackie Rosen of Nevada, and Representative Chris Smith of New Jersey, co-chairs of the Bipartisan Task Force Combating Anti-Semitism. The Maccabees will perform. The ambassador uh, greeting will come from Michael Herzog, Israeli ambassador to the United States. There will be a segment of the United, United States House Speakers. I'll include Harriet Schleifer, chair of the Conference of Presidents, with House Speaker Mike Johnson and Democratic Leader Hakeem Jeffries. Oh, that's why. Richie Torres is not speaking, I guess, even though he deserves it because they're going with the leaders of both parties. The Senate segment with Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Senator Johnny Ernst. It's a shame we can't get uh, Senator Fetterman to speak in that segment since I believe that from what we've heard, I mean, it may just be a rumor, but we have heard that he is the only member of the United States Senate, Senate that we know of that actually has hostage pictures hanging in his office. Sabrina Sofer, a college student from GW, Noah Fay from Columbia, and then uh, the closing will be the president and CEO of the Jewish Federation's Eric Fingerhut, William Daroff, the CEO of the Conference of Presidents, Ishai Rebo, Omer Adam, the Maccabees, etc., etc., 
etc. None of these uh, surprising, frankly. This is a uh, a lineup that fits right with the theme and right with the expected crowd and uh, is a cross-section of Jewish life in the United States. And those of you who are heading down to Washington, as I've been warning you for days, it is going to be a very long day, a very difficult day, but the soldiers have it worse that i got to remember. And I need everyone else to remember that as well. Just like I was saying to myself on the plane, which for someone my size is never, ever comfortable. Um, <laughs> nonetheless, there are people, especially here in this country, who are uh, experiencing a lot more discomfort when it comes to fighting this war and when it comes to the uh, amount of time uh, round the clock that people are putting into the volunteer efforts and the different initiatives that are taking place uh, right now in this country. Uh, if you're on your way down to Washington, call like a vote, and I would expect at this point in the New York, New Jersey area, people are boarding buses and getting ready for the long journey. That's what I would assume. We are in the Nefesh Benefesh building uh, in the headquarters here. We'll have uh, Tani Kramer representing the soldiers of the IDF. He's between stints. He's a reservist who has uh, finished his first initial uh, uh, stint, and he's going to be heading back to the Army bases, and we'll do a special ceremony with him coming up. Tzion Leshem is going to join us from Naveh. Uh, about 1,300 people. I think it's what the cause match page, page says, Twelve to 1,300 people now in the hotel from the city of Naveh. We'll be speaking with him coming up. Um, Hannah Weintraub, who has uh, in, in instituted, along with other uh, members of uh, Jewish youth, in memory of the uh, uh, lone soldier from a uh, lone law enforcement officer from Atlanta who was killed by the enemy last week. Um, she and others have initiated a special initiative, which we'll discuss here live in our studio. That'll be coming up here at JM in the AM, or by Josh Fass. Um, we know that uh, he spent a lot of time with us uh, three weeks ago when we were here. Uh, we'll see if his perspective is any different. <coughs> I already think it might be a drop. And we'll speak with him about that. And Simon Jacob, who has joined the roster of NSN hosts and uh, displays his incredible wine acumen at least once a week on the Nahum Siegel Network. I think he does it much more often, but for us it's once a week on the Nahum Siegel Network, Thursdays at 6.30 Eastern Time. He is going to be joining us, and, um, and we will talk about all of these subjects coming up here at JM in the AM. So the messages are simple. Uh, anybody who's been paying attention to the news over the last few weeks, if you're heading down to Washington, take those messages with you. We are in Jerusalem. I spent time earlier today with Leora Tedji. We have a conversation with her that we're going to be playing for you a little bit later on. And uh, from Orme Orbracha, she can give you a perspective on the needs of the Chayalim and the, um, and the needs of those who are in the hotels, specifically here in Yerushalayim right now. And I have a pretty interesting story to tell about my own adventure bringing things to Israel uh, which I'll likely do with her very fast a little later on this morning right here at JM in the AM. So here we are. We are in the Nefesh Benefesh campus. We're in the uh, temporary uh, NSN studios on a Tuesday. You're listening to JM and the AM. We will be checking in with people that I know who are on their way to Washington. We'll talk more about messaging, and we'll talk more about the importance of this day. I never thought when I talk about bridging the gap between Israel and diaspora that on a day like this I'd actually be in Israel, Baruch Hashem, and while the diaspora is uh, uh, preparing and going through the last-minute preparations for the 1 p.m. rally on the Washington Mall in 
Washington, D.C. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM.
City of gold, city of soul, city of an ancient people's home. City that love, a city that I breathe, city that I don't want to leave. Oh, Jerusalem, you're in my heart. Jerusalem, you're in my mind. Jerusalem, I love you so. You know you're in my heart. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You know you're in my heart. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Jerusalem, you're in my heart. Jerusalem, you're in my mind. Jerusalem, I love you so. You know you're in my heart. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You know you're in my heart. Jerusalem, Jerusalem.
Well, the Modani is being performed by DJ Kraz and Ben C. Marcus. Dove Halpern before that with Jerusalem. That's where we are in the Holy City. Opened up that set with uh, Kikel Poel, Gershon Varoba. You're listening to JM and the M, and we are live in the Holy City of Jerusalem as we bridge the gap between Israel and the diaspora. One of our favorite things to do on a day where... I would say, literally, Washington meets Jerusalem, a day that has been set aside in the United States for a day to march for Israel, to march against anti-Semitism, to march in the support of our hostages. They must be released by the enemy. It's now Rosh Chodesh Kislev. Today is uh, Rosh Chodesh, all the traditional additions for Rosh Chodesh, including Yalav Yavo, half Hallel, special Torah reading, Musaf Baruch Inafshi. Etc. Etc. So whatever uh, we, your tradition calls for on a Rosh Chodesh, make sure to include it for today here at, uh, or I should say, a reminder from JM in the AM. And um, Rabbi Yigal Siegel is here. He's putting on his uh, headset, and um, he is going to join us for a moment because he is one that uh, remembers what what active participation means I am sitting here and sitting across from a resident of Jerusalem oh there we go good afternoon good afternoon to you and I'm thinking back to all the times that we were privileged to march on behalf of Soviet Jews to march against weapon sales to Saudi Arabia wow to march for um, for a Soviet jury on the streets of New York not just Washington but on the streets of New York and Riverdale. And my the, and the my so- fingers are still frostbitten from that night. <laughs> from those nights, that Hanukkah night? Yes. Do you know how many years ago that was? A few years ago. I don't want to say. Yeah. You, you know that things are, you know, you know that um, many years have passed by when I'm warning people over a certain age not to go to Washington, and I'm almost at that age. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's a problem. Uh, but anyway, I'm sure you have been thinking about what today is going to be like in the U.S. because, again, you experienced it both on the smaller levels in New York and at the U.N. and places like that. And, of course, you've been to Washington rallies as well. It, it seems to be once in a generation where there seems to be a cause that motivates the Jewish community of the United States of America to really, really get out there on the streets of uh, D.C. and people coming in from every area of the United States. Now, 
Now, this would be the one night you would have preferred to live back in Baltimore, right? This would be the one night where he's, ah, you know, it would have been nice. <laughs> it would have been easier. And I was back in Baltimore. Nachman would come, Nachman would come over. I think, and, in fact, the last time that there was, we were talking before, it was in oh, 2002. Two, I, think. Yeah. I think that year we were in Israel also. Oh, is that funny? Yeah. In other that words, was because that, of the Intifada? Was I the, think it was the Intifada. Rally. Yeah, so we were here. In other words, that was, um, that was a rally designated as you were living in Baltimore, but took a year off to live in Israel. Correct. So... Well. So they wait until I'm out of there, then they make the learn. <laughs> in a way, it's a good thing we don't have more than once a generation a reason to get together like this, but it's definitely... Uh, well, that's something I'd have to sit and think about. Why do you say that? Because you're right that, thank God, there are not that many things that occur that, uh, that, that turn the American Jewish community into this machine of, you know, within days, figuring out how to get a quarter of a million people to Washington. But then again... Sometimes I say to myself, you know, there are certain causes out there which we really, really could use a good rally for. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's, not, it's not, just not no, happening. Right. But today's not a day for that. Today's a day to commend everybody who's heading down uh, or heading across, depending on what geographic area you're in, and to say that uh, I hope that t- you know, today is a success. Now, it's funny. Someone asked me what it means, success. And I said that, you know, nobody knows for sure uh, what the effect of a rally like this is. Nobody knows. However, what we do know as we try to make an educated guess about whether we should be there or not in Washington, what we do know is that these types of demonstrations have changed American history. That's the reality. Have changed American history, have changed, for Jews, have changed their fate and destiny halfway around the world sometimes, whether it be Israel, Soviet Jewry, etc. So we know that for a fact. If you want to debate whether one should take off and it's important enough to take off from their regular, you know, schedule, so to speak, whatever that schedule might be, in order to attend. Okay, we could sit and debate that. But, but if you're going to make an educated guess, is it worth it to send a quarter of a million people down? Hey, we have proof uh, in, in, in our tradition, or I should say in our history in the United States, in our community, we have proof that these things work. These things make a tremendous impression. They certainly uh, alter the way certain people in the United States Congress think. For that alone, it might be worth right, it. Right, right. And the media handles things a little bit differently, and they, and we show that the, that the Jewish community is ready to put pressure, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I, I think, first of all, I, you know, as, uh, as a person who's lived here for 18 years, I can say that uh, there's no question that there is a, a, a tremendous feeling of, of uh, chizuk. I, I, don't, I don't know exactly how to say it in English, but, but just that the... A morale that we, boost. A morale boost that we get from hearing about this here in Israel, because honestly, it's it's an extremely difficult period of time that we have now. Obviously, you know, I don't know when we're ever going to, I don't think life will ever be the same here after October 7th, but um, we definitely get a morale boost from, from our brothers and sisters getting together for a rally like this. But to me, I think one of the most important things we can accomplish is to show the world how we rally as opposed to how others are rallying now. Yep. And one of the things that I'm seeing in the news, and I think all of us here who are Americans and remember all these rallies, and it used to be, rallies used to be a civil thing. Like it used to be, and it wasn't like... Peaceful we, demonstrations. And I don't know what happened, but uh, I, I can promise you, I mean, <laughs> I'm not promising for all 250,000 people who are there, but I can... I can pretty much feel that I can promise that it's going to be different 
than the rally that happened last week in the same area of, of the country. You mean they're likely not going to be American flags torn down from their from their perches? Or graffiti on right. national monuments. Or yeah. on police cars? It's just, it, it, to me, honestly, I mean, the, you know, I'm not, I'm, we're sitting in Nefesh Benefesh headquarters and there are people standing by on the phones if anyone wants to start wow, the process. I did, because I did, I did, I'm not even on the ground for 18 minutes and you're already <laughs> starting with, your, uh, with, with the Aliyah pitch. No, but uh, there's no question, and I think other people here would would agree with me, that uh, at this point in time, in this point in history, being here in Israel, it, to me, is is a lot easier <laughs> than having to be outside of Israel, wherever you might be. Right. And and it's scary to us, because, you know, we, we see the headlines, like, you know, everyone sees the headlines that are happening here. So we see, you know, the people being locked in, you know, in Cooper Union, you know, which is not far from your house, by right. the way. And we see the unbelievable, you know, ripping down the posters of, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's not comprehensible to us that, that this is what's happening in, in, in the places that we grew up. Yep. So I think that's another thing. The Kiddush Hashem aspect of this rally is going to be very, very more powerful than usual, I think, just because of how we're going to behave. You know, I, I, because I can attest that, you know, <laughs> I'm not putting out a call to the people driving now from uh, from the Lower East Side or whoever they're coming. Hey, behave yourselves. I don't have to say that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just... Oh, I totally agree with you. It's just a whole different ball game, a whole different ball game now. It's just... Uh, no question about it. Like I said, no American flags can be torn down from where they're uh, flying this afternoon, that I can tell you. Uh, so here we are on the day that we are in Jerusalem and where everyone else, it seems, is going to be in Washington, D.C. on this Tuesday, Rosh Chodesh Kislev. Now, as we speak, literally as we speak, the Vatican minion at the White House is approaching Goal Yisrael. Simon Jacob is here with us. He's putting his headset on with the special Vintner's microphone. The terroir microphone. You know, the, you know that microphone is made out of ter- terroir. Did you know that terroir? Yeah, it's made out of terroir. I, I have that at home in my in my junk drawer. <laughs> What's terroir? I don't know. Simon called to show something terroir. I figured I'd say that the microphone's made out of terroir. What is it? Kosher terroir? Yes. The kosher, the kosher terroir. terroir. Because Yigal, just to educate you, even though we have no time for this today, just to educate you, the ground in which the vineyards grow mm-hmm. or grow from are known as the terroir. Am I right, Simon? It's not just the ground. It's everything that surrounds the grapes because oh the grapes pick up the flavor from everything. Oh, boy. Which is so why the wine from Eretz Yisrael is the is, best. Is it, it's because the wine from Eretz Yisrael, when you buy a bottle of wine from Eretz Yisrael, you're getting Eretz Yisrael in that bottle. It's not just simply a bottle that's, of wine that happens to be from Israel. Have you done this taste test of Israeli wines against other kosher wines? Sure. And, and every time you have an Israeli wine, you taste the Holy Land in it. There's certain people who can. I'm one of those people. Wow. We're with the all-powerful Simon. <laughs> so Simon, I'm going to get a lot of, of flat for that one <laughs> from your wine okay. tasting friends. Yes, yes. Simon no, Jacob okay. is here. He is, of course, a resident of Jerusalem, and he is witnessing everything that's going on here over the last few weeks. In fact, he joined us three weeks ago on the air here at JMN. So the first thing I'll say is congratulations. You're now part of our network schedule right before the Arab Shabbos show. On, ironically enough, sponsored by Kedem yep. on Thursday night. Yep. Uh, 6.30. 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. So thank you, Simon, for that. Thank Mazel you. Tov. Mazel thank tov. Thank you. Thank it's you. a big deal. It is. I don't even have a... I'm sorry. That's right. <laughs> you know anything about kosher wine? 
I know that I know how to drink it now as opposed to 30 years ago when I had no idea what I was doing. What's your favorite bottle now from Israel? Tepper Burke. Is your favorite? Vision. Let me ask Simon if he... Well, I have to say that because you know who lives down the block, down the... Donnie Friedenberg's parents yes. next, to, yeah, next, yeah. To, next door to me. Yeah, so, so it's Tepperberg. So, of course, it's Oh, Tepperberg. we went in there on Yontif, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, That's funny. So they're wine. I mean, they're friends with Simon. They're wine experts. So their table's full he's of that He's the head wine. vintner in uh, Tepperberg, Donnie. He's not the head, but he's... he's oh, to be, he's the <laughs> Yeah. Donnie, <laughs> you're always the head, man. He's, he's the... Yeah. He's, you the, got, he's the future. You got aiming for that free person. bottle. <laughs> he's the head, as far as I'm concerned. He runs the entire place. Yes. Anyway, so that's the wine story. On the other side of the issue is, of course, today in Washington. And Simon is going to tell us what he knows because he's part of the WhatsApp group. There was a WhatsApp group that was formed to specifically tell people what they need to know regarding davening outside the White House. And we spoke with Dr. Joe Rosazadi yesterday, who is from Iran. We spoke to um, a Mr. Belor of Englewood, New Jersey yesterday, who's from Iran. And they are two of the coordinators, although I think Mr. Ballor is getting most of the credit, if I'm right, Simon, I believe yeah, so. Yeah, I think he's the one who's really... He moved his Rosh Chodesh monthly special tefillah from Englewood to Washington for this month. Wow. He, Dafka did it that way. Yeah. And there'll be musical accompaniment for Hallel, etc., 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 as we said. And Simon, I think I'm right, even though we're sitting in Jerusalem, I think it's like right around now that they're getting up to Shimon Esri. Like, isn't it right around? Like, what's the exact time that they're going to be... Getting up to Shimon Esri in that tent outside the White House this morning. Okay, so I'm on that group. Was it 49 or 41? It's something 40, around. 41, I oh, think. Oh, so 41 is now. Yeah, it's now. Shh, it's right let's now. listen. Shh, listen. Hey, should, <laughs> should we, we stand up? up? You, know, you, know how, you know how the crowd hushes whenever you get to Gal Yisrael? Happy, happy Nate's Minyanim. At the Kotel, it's really something. The Kotel's insane when that happens. Always one minion, it's off, but all right, whatever. <laughs> A couple of seconds. Yeah. All right. Uh, Simon, do you have it? Is it 41, 49? It makes a big difference to me because we're at 41 right now. Simon took his glasses off. I know. Off. Oh, boy, you know oh, <laughs> How many people do you think are in that group, by the way? Is it hundreds? The, the list that, I, that I'm on is about uh, 400 people. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Because I know they're, they're expecting 1,000. They literally could be standing outside the White House right now with the Sefer Torah and davening as we speak because, again, it's 641 and the – and the, uh, by the way, you could have Googled this, you know, sun, Sunrise, Washington, D.C. Yeah, a bunch I of could have done that. <laughs> no, I, I'm telling you, Egal, you can keep going to the WhatsApp group. Yeah, <laughs> but looking... What time does the rally, the rally officially starts one. at 1 o'clock. Correct. And they're expecting people is. to start coming when? Here it is, here it is. Here well, there's a pre, I got it. There's a pregame show. The Daf Yomi was at 5.45 a.m. Shacharit is at 6.25 and uh, the Amida Nets is at six forty nine. You were ah, right. six forty nine. So we are eight minutes away from, from Nates, Nates in Washington yeah. D.C. Yeah. Wow. Do you still try your hardest to be at a Nates minion every morning in Jerusalem? I'm not at Nets um, right you're now. You're at an early one. I'm, I'm at the earliest minion that I oh, have. Oh, that's my earlier house, than so Nets. No, no, it isn't. It isn't. Isn't that? No, no. But it's it's Nates is at six oh two now. I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm our minion. Our, I'm. Up early enough to go to Nets, but our minion is at uh, quarter to seven. Oh, so wow. We've become a bunch of frankly, old-timers. Frankly, one of the later minyata yeah, in I Jerusalem. Know. <laughs> I know. One of the can't, old-timers. Can't find it 8.30 in this city, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Not a chance. But the, um, uh, but, but the minion in Washington is happening literally as we speak. Yep. Uh, there might even be somebody who has the app on during uh, 
You never know. That could be because people are desperate to stay tuned in even during Davide. I'm sorry. No, I'm so, I can't. I am sorry for saying that, but there are people out there who might, you know, they, <laughs> they may say to themselves, they may get a shout out, so they want to make sure to listen. Who knows? Anyway, that's the, that's the uh, exciting part about today, that instead of it being a, oh my gosh, they made it on Rosh Chodesh, what a pain in the neck, every yeshiva in school that's going to have to figure out Kriya Satorah, everybody figured it out, yep. and everybody made a positive thing out of this, some actually davening outside the White House right now, and that, and that thank God, is happening. I'm sure Baltimore and Silver Spring Shoals are overflowing probably this Oh, morning. for sure. Are you kidding me? A lot yeah. of people probably got in their car and said, you know, we'll, right. we'll stop along the way right there. Lakewood, Lakewood probably is, is even more full than usual yeah. with New Yorkers. Because why wouldn't you leave at 4.30 from New York and head down to Lakewood to catch an I, early minion? I remember the last time we, they did this, and um, there wasn't a bus on the East Coast that was available. Right. They just basically took over every bus. And going up and down the turnpike, there were minyanim in every stop. single oh, rest right. stop. It that's was right. like unbelievable. That. It was just an unbelievable experience. I heard there were Marav Minyanim last night at the rest stops going down yeah. to the uh, Baltimore, uh, Washington area. Anyway, so <coughs> that's the greatness. Uh, it's unfortunate we need a rally, but we need a rally, and that's the positive aspect of today. Simon, it's been a difficult five weeks, to say the least. Now, yeah. you're based in Jerusalem, and we yeah. know, and everyone listening knows that you know, in Jerusalem doesn't necessarily mean you feel everything that's going on in the country, you know. We're two hours away from both fronts. Right. However, okay. however, yep. however, yep. if we discussed this three weeks ago, it's certainly still pertinent now. Yep. The almost daily, unfortunately, and please God should it stop, please, uh, daily notices of Chayalim whose lives have been taken by yep. the enemy. Yep. And it's no secret that even though there may not be People sitting shiva in the immediate area, excuse me, in the immediate area, we know that... In the immediate area. Even in the immediate area, there yeah. are, sure. We had, there was a, a young girl who, who uh, a policewoman, um, Rose. From Atlanta. From Atlanta, who uh, was killed in Jerusalem. In fact, I, I happened to have run into her in Jerusalem um, maybe a month ago month and a half oh, ago. you didn't tell me this. Yeah, I actually was walking through the old city and we walked to a place that there's a there's a, a path that goes up to Harabayat and the soldiers are stationed there. It's not the first path that you go from the Shuk. It's over to the left of that and then there's an entrance into what they call the Kotel Katan. Right, yeah, sure. There. So she was stationed there. And the reason I remember is because, I, you know, I, I, I went over and said, Toda. Thank you. And she answered me in English, and I was, like, shocked because she's a really cute little thing, yeah. little petite girl, and she was full of energy with an incredible smile, just an incredible smile. And all of a sudden, I got this announcement on my phone saying that she had been killed, and I looked at the picture, and I went, you're kidding me. Mm. And it's actually one of the pictures of her was in that same area yeah, yeah. um in in the old city so the parents were the parents are sitting shiva here um on king david street right across from our house yeah i think and that ends actually yeah. tomorrow morning if yeah. i'm not mistaken yeah. yeah yeah um how do you say herod's gate in hebrew what's the hebrew shar what is that what, where she was staying yeah. shar prachim shar prachim yeah. that's what they call herod's gate i don't know I don't but know. that's where i know that's where she was stabbed. oh so. because okay because it's one next I to d- shar Shem. 
Shar Prachim is where she was stabbed. I don't know. What she I don't know. No, no I'm next saying to when you Shar Shechem in the next gate. Oh, I should know this. Um, right, and that's why I asked you because I thought I, I think you're right. I remember you having an expertise in this area. Yeah, I think well. it could be. Um, anyway, so that's number one. Yeah. Number two, <laughs> unfortunately, and you know this is true. People are getting used to the fact that people are holed up in hotels and dormitories and different buildings in Jerusalem and many other cities in Israel. Today, Egal and I bumped into somebody who's here in Jerusalem from Kiryat Shmona. He's assuming that within the month they're going home. Alava. I don't know how. I asked Alava. him, I asked him, well, how are you making that assumption? Like, has the government said something to you? Has the army? He said, no, I got to get back to work, and we're going to reach a point where I cannot be in Jerusalem anymore. I got to go back to work where I, where I need to be. So I, this is not, and I'm not, I'm not expressing frustration with the government or the army. I know there's a job to be done, but this is being replayed and played out, I should say, hundreds of thousands of times around this country. Yet another thing that many of us forget about on that side of the world, but you run into pretty often. We're, our whole neighborhood, we've got whole bunches of people in Jerusalem. And even Moshe, we've got people who come to our shul um, who are all displaced. Uh, I, I mean, one of the women in our neighborhood basically said, it's like being in the Gula. There are people from all over Israel <laughs> in Jerusalem. It's like unbelievable. It's, 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 it's a beautiful thing like to see. In Gullis, well, no, that's the but problem. They, and they are yeah. because they're stuck in hotels with like, you know, Suitcases and sure. beds on the floors and everything. It, this is no um, picnic for them. But no. there's also, I, I mean, there's acts of hesed that are just unbelievable. One of the guys in, uh, one of the guys in Yemin Moshe has a big house. He has, actually has two combined big houses. And he, he's got like six, six families from uh, Nitivot wow. in his house. Um, it's just unbelievable. So a lot of the houses around us have turned into at least one or two families in. And in fact, the person I had been speaking to is from Sterot, and he had gotten hit by a bullet in the shoulder the morning of the... Shemini Atzeret. morning, and um, had spent the last two weeks in Sereka Hospital, and they released him, and he and his family are in uh, Yemen Moshe as well. So they're... they're the displaced people are unbelievable. I mean, they're from all over, from north, from south, everywhere. And, of course, with tremendous faith and with an attitude. <laughs> Simon, you'll appreciate this. I don't remember if I said this to you on or off the air or, or not. But um, <laughs> when, when I attended in this building, three or four Tuesday nights ago in this building, literally tonight, but it, yep. I, think, I think it was three weeks ago. I think it was Parshas Lachachah. Yeah, it was three weeks ago, I believe. So as I attended a wedding of a couple that were from and were supposed to get married in Steyrot, the wedding was moved to the porch on, in the public area of the Nefesh Benefesh building, which you've been on countless times. And it was beautiful. I mean, look, it was small, obviously, and they could only invite, and, and, it was, and the situation was more tenuous then. More reservists were, you know, unavailable to come to weddings at that time. You know, I mean, it was a very difficult situation. And I said to myself, <laughs> you'll appreciate this line. <laughs> I said to myself, it's amazing. In America, and folks, this is tongue-in-cheek, so relax, okay? I said, it's amazing. In America, when, when a wedding has to be moved for whatever reason, you know, the, the bad night or, you know, a flood or something, you know, wedding has to be moved from Marina to the Brightstone, everyone's upset. 
here, not only they don't have a home to go back to, they are completely displaced. The wedding was supposed to be in Stay Road in a beautiful um, hall, and it ends up here. It's beautiful here, but again, it's different. And you could not have seen a happier Hassan and Kala. Yep. So, in perspective, and I'm speaking to myself also. I'm not just you know telling other people what to think. We're pretty resilient. Yeah. We're really handling yeah. stuff. Well, we, we meaning people like yourself who live here. Yeah, I can't I, be in that category. But yes, the I, State Road a, residents also, and people like yourself, you are resilient. I, I just right. I want to point out one other thing to you. Yeah. Because I've watched a number of interviews on the radio um, and on social media, specifically um, with very influential and top-notch people. Like one had uh, General Petraeus oh, wow. on it, and yeah. they had all of these people who sure. were really, you know, talking heads yeah, from, the highest levels, from the highest levels. From the highest levels, and they were all discussing. They were all discussing Gaza. And, like, why is Israel doing this? There's no way they're going to be able to get into it. There's no way to do this. They're going to lose a million people. It's all of this stuff. And it's, it was very disheartening to watch. And I know people are watching these social media broadcasts, and it's an incredibly disheartening thing. There's one thing missing from all of them, okay? There's one thing missing. Kaddish Baruch Hashem. Okay? It's just totally missing. From, from any thought that they have. He's not in their equations. He's absolutely in ours. Absolutely in ours. Our you, secret weapon? No, it's not secret. We, we make a big point of it. You, you see these guys going in, putting on Sitziot, saying to Hilim, Dafiomi, in a w- tank. Unbelievable. It's just unbelievable to watch. So I, you know, I can't. Uh, I asked somebody the other day what they think of Dafiomi in a tank. Is I have a feeling those guys would rather be in a base bedroom. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> They'd rather be that. in school at 5.30 in the morning than, than, okay. than studying by the light of their iPhone in a tank. I'm going to take away, uh, I'm going to give you a, a saying that comes out of Rabbi Stefanski's Daf Yomi Sher. It's not about the Daf, it's about the Yomi. It's all about learning every day. And right, so it's 100%. not, so it's not, it's an important thing. No, I'm just, talking about, to be, I'm just talking about the conditions. No, that they're I know, in. I know. Yeah. They're, they're definitely in difficult conditions, but they're still learning. So it's important. It's no important. No question about that. Um, and by the way, I, yes, I don't know if there was anything else you wanted to discuss. You, I, you're, you're, you're free to discuss whatever you want, but I must mention one thing. Yeah. When we thought you'd be accompanied by someone from Stay Road, yeah. I said to myself, wow, okay. Simon and I have a history in Stay Road. We do. Because we were there during an Azaka as yeah. we were on the air red alert. We were the only guy who didn't jump under the table. Correct. I just want to tell you, the <laughs> siren went off. Everybody went under the tables because we were in Steyrot, and this is like you know, two Show seconds. Show us, go on, this Simon. Is, no, this yeah. is not recommended, ladies and gentlemen. I know, I know. It's just a question of... Uh, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then, of course, when yourself and Joe and I... Dedicated to Sefer Torah. To the, because the Ethiopian yeah. community in Steyrot had no Torah. Right. And not only that, we had an outdoor Hachnas Sefer Torah during a war. <laughs> Where, by the way, in the context of today's events, it's like scary to even think about, frankly. And not but only, we did it, and, and we have great memories from there. What was really cool with it was that we had a Kohen. Right. It was Joe. dedicated to a Kohen's father, right. a Levi's father, for right. your, and my father's a Yisrael. So right. each of us dedicated the Sefer Torah to our fathers. You right. should be a Kohen, It was very cool. Yeah, I'll lie. 
One second. You know, is that something you can, can you arrange? Do that? It is Jerusalem, yeah. after no, all. I, I can arrange for them to be a levy, not a coin. Because here they arrange for people to meet Mashiach. They're having a whole thing here. You, you may That's be able true. to step in. Who knows? I'll By the way, the, the report is that five minutes ago, they were up to Gal Yisrael at the, <laughs> at the Nate's Minion at the White House. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. That's the report. It's really awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not getting anything on the on the. You places. better not be. They're in, they're no, in Khazar they're Shashats. To, I, they're I, washing the Kohenim's hands. Come on. They're supposed to be done. You know, I, I'm sorry to interrupt this. I just saw something I have yeah. to share. <laughs> they have these, these I guess, uh, missiles, whatever it is, that we're shooting at the enemy, right. and there's messages written on it. You know it. you I, could get that sponsored. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> For 180 bucks, you could have whatever you want written on a missile. Oh, my gosh. It's definitely worth it to put oh, your... Oh, trust me. To put your insignia <laughs> on that one. By the way, but, I thought it was a cool thing until I found out you could pay 180 bucks <laughs> and have it done. <laughs> anyway, so this one, it was just said in Hebrew. It says, um, <laughs> this this uh, this product was made with the, with the most, you know... With the highest level, standard. of highest standards. If you're not satisfied, we'd be glad. We'd be glad to send you another. That's hilarious. Anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt. Simon, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I, 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 I hear it. Um, I'm, I, I don't really have much else to say. I just, I <laughs> just right. wanted to bring God into this because I really 100%. think that I really think Kaddish Baruch Hu is a is an important component, and I know every. There isn't a day that goes by that I don't hear a story from a soldier. There isn't a day that goes by. That's right. I mean, that's there, that's there's just right. so many. It's in everybody's face. And, you know, I'm sure there's some soldiers out there who are atheists, but I don't think there are many of them. Um, and not at this point. And, and no, not at this point. Yeah, it's really special. It's really special. To Simon see. Jacob, everybody. He is Pleasure. the co-founder of the Jewish Unity Initiative. So, when so we're, this is unity I was in say, big time. When we're here, it's yeah. an outgrowth of what you had envisioned years ago with yeah. Dr. Joe Rosazada. Yeah. And you know you've had you've had assistance along the way, Steve Adelsberg and Ralph Rosenbaum, who've also right. been sponsoring our Jewish Unity Initiative. So God bless you, Simon. And uh, you're you're free to sit here for the next two hours. I don't know what your schedule is, but whatever you want. Well, I'm not gonna I'm gonna leave you in peace, but we'll. I'll, <laughs> But I'll. Uh, Why I'll is your granddaughter causing trouble in the apartment, in the house, Rob? <laughs> You've been watching those Facebook. Posts. I'm not watching anything. I'm, I'm I'm on the couch in the living room, and Stacy's like, "You have to see what Simon <laughs> just posted." That's the cutest I, thing. I used, the cutest I, thing is granddaughter's destroying the house. <laughs> I used to my. Grand- now that I'm a grandfather, I appreciate it. You know, we call it the Sav Shmonesrei. Okay, it's the Sav Shmona, Sav Shmona Esri. It's all the grandparents who are getting called in to take care of their right. grandchildren. Okay, and it's really unbelievable. The but Sav Shmona is the call yeah. up, the for official the, call up for the reserve for duty. the reserve duty. But there's grandparents wow. who are getting called up too. So He's there's right, yes. there's a lot of people in grandparents' house and in, in and grandparents whatever. going yeah. to their kids' houses. Yeah, you know? yeah. they're all over the place. But I normally and post I thought well. it was just a funny routine. Yeah. No, but a, there's a lot behind it that we yeah. need to remember. Yep. There, there's no one who's not affected by this 100%. In, in some practical way. Really? 100%. I, 100%. It's one of, the, one of the reasons we're here, to remind everybody about, around the world about that. It's so important. God bless you, Simon. God bless you. Yishkoch. Thank you, Yishkoch. Hazak Baruch for Amen. coming Amen. to Israel. And Hazak really to the Jewish people. Amen. And biyachad ninatzeach. Biyachad ninatzeach. Yes. We will win if we stay unified. That's the, the only path. I think what we'll do is, because we just alluded to the fact that part of our purpose here is to talk about those who've been displaced, 
Leora Tedji, just about an hour ago, sat down with me from Orme Urbracha and spoke about what she and her organization are doing for the soldiers, and in addition to that, what they're doing for the kids and the adults in the hotels, the refugees. So we will go into that conversation. As I remind everybody, there are a lot. You're going to hear about a bunch of good causes today, right? We have the, we have, we have, we have the, uh, we have the, we have the Nave. With an Avec cause match campaign, which we're going to be talking right. about. With Tion Leshem. Right. We have uh, Orme Orbracha, we're going to mention right now because of the, um, because of the uh, conversation with Leora Teji. And we're doing this now? No. No. And, um, and, uh, and let me remind everybody, the website is terror-victims.org.il, terror-victims.org.il, and this is... America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, and AlchemSingle.com, and the AlchemSingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Well, little did Leora Tedji know that when she started Ormeyer Bracha many, many years ago in order to help victims of terror, that we would see uh, an episode here in Israel that, of course, or a day, I should say, and since then, many days, that have resulted in a lot of... Uh, help that's needed for families of victims of terror. And here we are now in November of 2023, and there is more and more and more work to be done by Orme Bracha, and there's more and more and more money and support that we have to give in order for Leora to continue her amazing work. So before we speak to her, I'm going to remind all of our listeners, terror-victims.org.il, terror victims .org.il, here in Yerushalayim, a pleasure to say shalom to Leora Teji. Shalom, shalom, Mr. Segal, Nachum. Hashem should bless you. I'm so happy to see you. Thank you very much. So, I mean, you told us some of the things that were going on over the last few weeks, specifically all the time that you're spending putting together packages for soldiers that you're sending to the border and past the border in Gaza. You told us about hotels in Yerushalayim that are filled with refugees and adults and children do not have what they need. Mm. So you go ahead and you try to give them what they need. Let's do both of these things. First, tell me about the soldiers and what it is that you're providing for them and what it is that you're giving to them that they so desperately need right now. Uh, I went to uh, Tzelim near Gaza. We, we, we make them a package with a towel and socks, shampoo and, uh, and uh, underclothing and gut case and coat. We give them a camel bag also that they can drink. It's going to be easy for them. Right. And tzitziot. Um, we not uh, forget the tzitziot. They were so, so, so happy. And the commander, the commander, the mefaked, he tell me, that uh, they not have enough uh, vest, uh, karami, and uh, helmet. Ceramic bulletproof vests and I assume combat helmets, right. they call it, right? Yes. So uh, I uh, immediately I jump and I told him, you know what? Now you have five. Uh, so he tell me, Slicha, he tell me uh, how, ma- how, ma- how many you need, I ask him. He say, for now, 25, immediately. 25. So I told him, uh, ah, okay, you know what? I pay for the 25. For uh, when, uh, when you're going to buy, he say, immediately. And because you need a very uh, strong uh, uh, 
that he has material to, material and he has to be appropriate to right. the army. To the, to the army so I have to buy for them and I told him you know what the, my idea that each one of the people they give donation I give him the number of the soldier and they have a good connection so he tell me uh, in the beginning he, he tell me no problem but then he changed his mind because the the mefaket gadol the general he told he tell me that he not allowed to do that because they are yechida uh, mufcheret everything secret the names the telephone everything has to be very all secret. their information is confidential right wow it's you're not allowed so you to can't release it. their names right but so I told them to the people they're gonna give donation bezrat Hashem after three years right. they're gonna give him back the they're going to give him the, the telephone. Right. They're going to call them. <laughs> they're going to have it. And Bezrat Hashem, after they finish the three years, they, Bezrat Hashem, going to call them, Bezrat Hashem, Shlemim, yes. to tell them thank you. Please, God. How many soldiers do you think you've helped? How many soldiers have gotten your packages so far in this war? A hundred and hundred I helped them. But the vest and the helmet, I helped uh, 25. And the, um, those refugees that are in the hotels, you described to us what it was like for them when they were attacked on Shemini Atzeret, what the children went through, what the adults went through. And now, of course, many of them are in Yerushalayim, in these hotels or schools or where, dormitories, wherever they could find space. So what, what do they need? Because you told us that some of them came here without any of the basic equipment that they need to, just to run their family. Right. They told me I met the children. We went to a special place. We make them. A, we make them a happening day. We give them a, each one of the children a, a sdinim sheets. Right. Uh, we give them and we give them a, a yalkut with a pencil and can everything there. And we give them a, also a balloonim to make balloonim with the, you know, the... B- Animal balloons. Yeah. <laughs> and they were so happy and we put music and we dance with them. So they tell me that it was very, very good for them because they, uh, some of them tell me that uh, they was in the bomb shelter 18 yeah. hours. You told us this on the air. It's heartbreaking. Was, yes. And they, they were so happy. So now, because the winter going to come, so we need a lot of uh, coat and uh, warm uh, clothing, clothing for them and shoes and everything. And when you go to the hotel, there's hundreds, right? There's hundreds of kids. Yes. You became like confused. You don't know where you are. So Here, w- there, there. It's unbelievable. So when people give to Orme or Bracha, the needs are endless. I mean, it's endless. You, right. There's clothing, there's strollers, there's cribs, there's right. baby equipment. Yes. There, I, I mean, there's, and there's so many other things I'm not even thinking of right now. Right. And that's only the children. God knows what the adults need as well. Because when one runs out of their home in a few hours, how much can you take? They Especially can. when you have children in the car and you have suitcase, a suitcase or two in right. the cars. Not much more room. Even not suitcase. They right. didn't Bags. have time. They came with pajamas, right. without uh, shoes, without nothing. I tell to the mother, give me your uh, identification. I have to see. She say, I not have. I not have nothing. Wow. Um, so I'm going to ask the listeners. I always do this when you're on the phone with us when we're in the United States. Here we are in Yushalayim together. You know that uh, this is one of those trips where I just feel it's important for people 6,000 miles away to remember their brothers and sisters here that are going right. through this in Israel. 
Um, the more they go to the website and the more they donate, not only will you keep the operation going every Thursday yeah. to give hundreds of families what right. they need for Shabbos and for right. Chagim, right. but in addition to that now, right. I don't know if your shoulders are big enough for this, but I hope they are. <laughs> yeah, the truth is you probably do have big enough shoulders. But on top of that, hundreds of kids in the hotels, right. hundreds of adults that need things in the hotels, and then whenever you hear of any soldier, I saw this today, as you're sending boxes to Gaza. Right. Anything the soldiers need just to help them get through this upcoming winter and rainy season, you're going to try to make sure to get them whatever they need. Amen. Because, you know, when I come to sleep, I think about them. When I eat, I think about them. I say I have everything, even the, that I not have a bomb shelter. <laughs> but I think about them. I say, Hashem, please help them. Can we, can we get the lady a bomb shelter, please? <laughs> um, Leora, finally, anybody who knows you, and we know each other for a very long time, anybody who knows you knows you're a very spiritual person. I'm sure you understand that there are so many Jewish mothers in this world that cannot sleep knowing that babies and young children are being held by the enemy. Right. What, what is your perspective on this? Or is there just, ex- except for tefillah, there's not much else we could do at this point. I tell you, I have a lot of history with this because all my brother was in the army and I remember my mother, she not sleep. She, she was, uh, she, she's sitting next to the window and she pray and pray and pray. Always she do that and she put a candles and she cry and it not was like today that they have a telephone. Right. It not was telephone even. It was letter that they can write and send after a few months you're going to get it. It's like... You don't know nothing for them. So uh, each one of the, the mother, I bless her, that Bezrat Hashem, that she not have any pain. And uh, to the children also in the house, I remember how we, how we is, uh, always we feel the pain of my parents, that even we miss the big brother, he not was there for us. So uh, I was uh, many years alone because uh, all my brother was in the army. Okay. So I, I remember the feeling. It's very uh, empty. But uh, look, we have to be together. We have to pray. We have to do a good, good, good thing and good mitzvot because uh, this is what Hashem wants for us and special to be together. I want to remind everybody, and I use every opportunity, um, there are a lot of great causes out there. We seem to, we always gravitate in situations like this to those who've proven themselves in the past. And Arme or Bracha has proven themselves in the past in terms of taking care of hundreds and families. And now, as I alluded to earlier, the responsibilities that Leora and her staff, her family, her volunteers have taken upon themselves is immeasurable. It's just a gigantic, uh, uh, effort and everybody out there who can help, please do so. Terror-victims.org.il terror-victims.org.il uh, We're speaking on Rosh Chodesh Kislev. We need a Chanukah, a Neis Chanukah we need. Amen. And Bezrat we need it now Amen. for the hostages to come home. Amen. It's going to come, Bezrat Hashem. Bezrat Hashem. I uh, want to bless you, Nachum, that all what you're doing for Ormer and Bracha many, many years, I want to bless you and tell you thank you. Amen. I want to tell thank you to Mr. Winner, Mr. Taub, and Berger, and uh, Brenda Rosenfeld, Bezrat Hashem, that Hashem should help to all of them. All what they're doing for Ormer and Bracha, Hashem give them back. And uh, Moishe Haas, and uh, Mr. Levkovich, and uh, Poznansky, 
הן גולדה, הן חווי, באמת, דייל פלוט, אלוט, אלוט פור דה אורגניזיישן, הן איצי נגר, הן באמת, הן מיסטר קפלין, הן אייב אלוט, אלוט, אלוט אוף סטאפ, דה פיפל אולווייז הלפ, מהשם שוד גיב דם אולסו, בעזרת השם ברכה, הצלחה, without them, we cannot continue. תודה רבה ליאורה. Thank you so much. Shem should bless you and all of Israel. Amen. Just, a, just about an hour ago with Leora Tedji of Our Mayor Bracha, her, uh, her organization has expanded. Uh, they've extended themselves from just taking care of terror victims' families with food packages before Shabbos and Yom Tov. And at this point, they are doing everything in their power to help people who are refugees in hotels in Israel. And uh, if you want to support what she's doing, it's terror. victims.org.il terror-victims.org.il Now we mentioned, we have a special guest coming up in a moment, but we did mention that uh, half of the American, half of American jury, boy, I hope I'm right, is heading to Washington, and we have tracked down both Yosef Siegel and Benjamin Siegel, who at the moment are somewhere, I believe, off the New Jersey Turnpike, heading down to Washington, D.C., with three messages, one, of course, Uh, supporting Israel in its war against the enemy. Two, of course, we must have our hostages released immediately. And three, we have a concern regarding the anti-Semitic rhetoric and violent acts that are happening in the United States and in other diaspora areas worldwide. Yosef Siegel, are you there? Good morning. How are you? Baruch Hashem, good morning. Uh, is, there, is it possible to... Uh, to um, feel whether the Jewish community has responded. If you're on the road on the New Jersey Turnpike, is it obvious that a lot of members of our community are heading south? Absolutely. I will tell you, um, I left for Manhattan this morning alongside Benjamin, um, who's right next to me, and the number of buses we saw uh, leaving a lot of the shuls in the city were unbelievable. We're actually, as you mentioned, at a rest up now in Jersey. And the number of uh, yarmulkes we see here is pretty, pretty unbelievable. Um, so that I would say that's absolutely accurate. I wonder, have you, have you seen any unusual locations for a Rosh Chodesh Minyan? Any unusual places yet? <laughs> or you're assuming most people either uh, daven beforehand, before they left, or are actually davening on the bus? We have not yet, but um, <laughs> we might get a minute. Uh, right after this, so you never know. <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling you may see some of the some of those interesting we scenes. A, we had a bet to see if we would get a minion here, and we've far surpassed a minion at the uh, Molly Molly Pitchers rest stop. They're at the historic Molly Pitcher rest stop as we sit in Jerusalem. And they are there in New Jersey heading to Washington. Benjamin, if you have another second, I know the reception is not great, but we have been talking about three messages today. And I do hope that people who are tuned into this program on the way to Washington are getting more of a sense of purpose and a sense of mission. We went through the lineup earlier to expect in Washington and anybody in a leadership role, it seems, both in both houses of Congress and in the Jewish uh, organized life. It looks like those are the people that are going to be turned to uh, with messages in addition to the hostage uh, family representatives. representatives and of course Natan Sharansky who's part of the program today as well any thoughts as uh, you've taken the day off as you with hundreds of thousands of others uh, to go ahead and uh, make sure to have your voice heard in Washington today my my thought is that we 
absolutely, as a community, need to thank the elected officials, the leadership of the House of Representatives on both sides of the aisle, and the leadership of the Senate on both sides of the aisle, and say thank you for standing firmly with us. It is not always the easiest thing when there are people on the streets counter-protesting on the other side uh, who are advocating for terrorism and advocating uh, for anti-Semitism and having elected officials who are standing with us. Uh, we must show our Kaddish Tov and appreciate that they are coming out to speak with us today and who have stood with and they have stood with us over the last few weeks. Uh, and we know and hope and pray to God they will stand with us for the next few months and years as this uh, battle progresses. So we must, must say thank you to well said. A lot of points to be made, and that's primary among them. Very proud of both of you, proud of Yoshua, proud of uh, Yonina and Tamima, not just our family members, but all the families that have been sending and have been planning to send representatives today down to Washington, D.C. and to be there in full force. Uh, have a good rest of the trip, gentlemen. Stay safe and, uh, and enjoy speaking up for your brothers and sisters in Israel. Thank you, Dad. A pleasure, a real pleasure, and very proud. Takes me back to uh, some of those bus rides. And it's funny, rest stop. I can tell you everything that happened at every rest stop up and down to Washington those years. So, God is funny. And I don't mean that, of course, in a comical sense. There are hundreds of thousands of refugees. I think that's an accurate count. Certainly over 100,000 from the north and south of Israel that are staying, uh, oh, it could be with family, it could be in dormitories, it could be in school buildings, it could be in hotels, and certainly hotels is the symbol of, it was like this after the 2005 disengagement, ironically enough, from Gaza, from Gush Katif, and now it is the symbol, no doubt of those who are displaced um, during this uh, crisis, during this emergency. So God, and the reason I say God is funny, he could have led us to any hotel, any community, any group of people, any folks young and old who are going through the trials and tribulations of trying to live in a hotel room for weeks soon to be months and for some reason he brought us to the shalom hotel in bayat vegan jerusalem three weeks ago and one of the reasons we were told to visit there is because they actually had a uh, competent english spokesman meaning a spokesman who spoke english not someone from england um a competent a spokesman who spoke english and he'd be able to give us the, the lowdown on everything that's happened since Shemini Atzeris. And that is Tzion Leshem, who's going to join me in a moment. And folks, and, and I know that today may not be the day, because obviously people are on the road today, back where we uh, broadcast. Uh, and I also know that people don't always respond right away. It's sometimes I've got to drum it into your head. So you're going to be hearing this address quite often over the next few days. Our friends at Cause Match have taken on the cause of Naveh. Naveh is the city that we're going to be talking about in a moment. Go to causematch.com slash Naveh. N-A-V-E-H. Yes, there are a lot of towns, a lot of cities, and everybody north and south and, and center need enhanced security. And you'll be participating in a lot of campaigns over the next few weeks. But this is the one that God brought us to. 
to the city of Naveh, or at least to the people of Naveh, causematch.com slash N-A-V-E-H. Tzion Leshem, shalom and welcome to JM in the AM. Hey, Nachum, thanks for having me. Nice to have you here. I smile, as I'm sure you're smiling, because uh, we so much enjoyed visiting with each other three weeks ago under very difficult circumstances. I don't know how people like you do it, but for some reason, I don't know, these things aren't able to break you. I don't know why that is. You know, I was joking earlier that when there's a slight adjustment <laughs> in, in an American Jew's schedule, you know, we get very frustrated. And of course, I'm a little bit tongue in cheek and a little bit, you know, exaggerated. But here it seems you guys really roll with the punches. And you were sitting and describing a really difficult situation, and yours is being duplicated in God knows how many places in Israel right now. And yet, your attitude is onward and upward. There's only one direction to go in. And I guess we all need to learn from that. All right, let's start from the beginning. Tzion Leshem is here, city of Naveh. Now, Naveh, you explained to us in our conversation, you wouldn't believe how south it is, meaning it's near the Egyptian border. It is south of any crossing into Gaza, correct? Correct. And yet, with all the miles it is from the Rafa crossing, which is it, Erez or Rafa at the very top? Rafa crossing. Rafa. At the bottom. No, but I'm talking about the top. Is Erez? Because oh, isn't yeah. that where they broke in? No, or? they broke in uh, at least 15 different places. Oh, so we, see, we, we, we are all under the, I shouldn't say that. We had, I don't want to say we're under the impression because we probably have been told this before. It's not one area that the, that the enemy came in. It's, it's many areas along the Gaza border that they came in in a really coordinated effort that we don't appreciate just how coordinated and, excuse the expression, brilliant it was on their part. Unfortunately, for many years, you know, we've been uh, uh, laughing at the Hamas terrorists and saying, oh, you know, they're a bunch of kids playing around with guns, right? We never took them seriously. So, yeah, they have some rockets, they have some guns, they have some uh, Toyotas. But, uh, you know, we're the state of Israel. We're so strong. We're so smart. We have all the technology, right? They can't do anything to us. I mean, if you can imagine, uh, Nahum, a few months ago, only a few months ago, the IDF was taking uh, weapons from the security teams in the, in, the, in the Yishuvim, the Kibbutzim, around the Gaza surroundings, saying, hey, you, you know, you don't need that. The, the army is here. The fence is built. It's going down, I don't know how, how many, 100 meters or more uh, concrete. And, you know, we have all the technology. We have the cameras. We have whatever. And uh, that's it, you know. You're not in danger anymore. We, took, we, we, we resolved the tunnel issue, which was a big issue for many years, but that's done behind us, theoretically, right? We don't know anything anymore. But wishful thinking. Yeah, yeah wishful thinking. And um, you're safe. You know, so yeah, build a sheltered room because rockets sometimes get fired at you from time to time. You know, 15 seconds, get in a sheltered room, two minutes, done, right? But uh, all bases are covered. Infiltration is not an option. Right. And we saw what happened. Um, the likelihood is those terrorists who tried to get into Naven, and we'll talk about the miracle of Naven in a moment, they likely came from an area how many miles from Naven? Probably about five miles. So they made quite an effort to get to you guys. I mean, they also well, got they also got to Ofakim and they also got to Nativot. Yeah, Ofakim and Nativot are quite further away than, right. uh, from the Gaza border than Nave. Uh, Nave is literally five minutes driving away from the Gaza border. So, you know, if if once they pass the border and hit the road, it's it's uh, it's very close. They weren't they weren't uh, on donkeys. And the, right, yeah, that we know. We saw the videos, right. which they so proudly posted. Um, and and the miracle is. 
You, your city could have, God forbid, could have had the same results as many other Yishuvim and Kibbutzim in that area, many of which now we know their names really, really well. Thank God, until today, a lot of people didn't know the name Naveh, and yeah. that's because... Uh, that's because we were uh, we were protected by miracles uh, that uh, you know we don't have any explanation for. Obviously, we saw, unfortunately, the great success that they had um, in uh, in uh, going into different places. Uh, we know today what we didn't know at Hawk. We didn't know that on on the seventh of October. We know today that they were on the way to us. At least thirty terrorists, maybe more. You know, we don't know the numbers exactly. Um, and they were blocked. They were blocked just a short while prior to, to reaching our towns. Uh, it's, it's like a kind of a region of a few towns together. They were on the way to the towns. We, we know that they, were, they had maps. They knew exactly where they're going. At each team of these terrorist groups, each team had a very specific mission. They knew exactly where they're going, what they're supposed to do. It's, it's, so the terrorists that were, they were told to murder are not the terrorists that were told to kidnap. It's two different, different teams, right? And we know that they were on the way to Naveh, and uh, and Baruch Hashem, thank God, they, they didn't make it. Uh, they 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 met up by chance with this tank or two that was there, and uh, a battle you know begun, and and the terrorists were were, were all killed, and they didn't make it to us. Uh, I don't want to imagine what right. what could have happened. And you actually had a chief of security or somebody involved in security that. Also missed it by a few seconds. Am I right about that? Wasn't there some uh, circumstance like we that? Ha- we have someone in our town who's involved with security, with Israeli security. Um, who, in theory, could have been outside and and part of that group. In uh, theory, surpri- surprisingly enough, he was uh, he was in 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 Nave. Right. He was in in Shachrit davening with right. us uh, on on Simchat Torah morning. Right. Yeah. Um, he he left right the first second that the sirens began. He 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 ran out in in his car and and went to his base. And obviously, uh, I, I would say that he missed the terrorists by, by minutes. Minutes, because anyone else later on who hit the road did not survive. So now, and Sion Leshem is here. So everything we're about to discuss now basically applies to any group of people that's in a hotel in Israel. Not just Jerusalem, but in Israel. People from the north who were told to leave their homes, and people from the south, like Naveh, who were told to leave their homes. Um, and within... I think you described to me within hours, right? You Correct, you had within to get, hours. You had to get out of there. Yeah, the, the, the roads were shut. We couldn't get out. We didn't leave the, the town. We couldn't get out of the town for like three days. But once the, uh, the army felt that, they're, that they're, they can secure our, uh, our leaving, they said immediately, get out of here. <laughs> Find yourself a hotel. We found the hotel. Right. Find yourself a hotel or, or someplace to be. That was lucky that you found the place. It to was go very to. lucky, and it's also lucky that we found a place that's big enough to hold us. Our right. community were, were about 1,100 people in the community. We decided that we want to stay as a community together. We don't want to spread out. You know, a lot of communities they just spread out. Right. You know, everyone found this well, apartment some had no here, choice, or there. Yeah. Some had no choice, obviously. And we decided we're not willing to take that. We, we want to stay together. We have schools. Uh, you know, kindergartens. We have uh, elementary schools, high schools. And we wanted to 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 save to save our communal life. Okay. Uh, uh, so now let's talk about life in the hotel for a second, because okay. I need people to understand the agony that everyone's going through. And uh, I know there are some nice, beautiful, unifying moments, but you know, Friday night's basically the only time for that. Uh, so before I uh, before we talk about it, I'm just reminding everybody: causematch.com/nave. We've sort of adopted the town of Nave, and whatever you can give. They have a million needs. Right now, they're most concerned with security so they can get back to their town. Causematch.com slash N-A-V-E-H, N-A-V-E-H. So now, 
every school you just mentioned, if it's going to function, has to function in or around the hotel, right? Well, it, around. Any, any, we were, we I'm were, saying any class that's going to be formal yes, correct. is going to have to function within the area of the hotel, somewhere well, in that area, right? We're spread out, spread out around Jerusalem. Right. In Jerusalem. So we, we were hosted, generously hosted by different uh, schools right. or different places that had available right. classrooms that could, you know, take us in. So the girls' school right. is in, in Shalva right next to us, and the boys are in Kirat Noor. The high school, one of the high schools is in Yeshiva right. uh, Takotel, right. uh, you know, the pre-army, whatever, like, then, spread out. Then a room like your hotel room, right? Right. Right, because I think for your family, it's a total of two rooms. Am I right about two that? Two rooms, correct. Two rooms basically has one adult, right? It's you and your wife taking care of the kids. <laughs> right. One adult in each room, right, mm -hmm. as it was described to us. And then a lot of, not beds, because there's only one or two beds, but a lot of mattresses on the floor. Yep. One bathroom in each room, obviously. So shower time must be very interesting, right? Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and, this is, and these are the conditions that, that your family has been living in since, you know, since Shemini Atzer, Simchas Torah, basically. Yeah, and, you know, that's, that's like only one aspect of it. Right. I think, I think that now that we're like over a month in, you know, I feel personally that, that the, the lack of any quiet space Right. You know, any quiet time, you know, there's like, it's a thousand people in a hotel, you know, 700 children just, you know, running around up and down, you know, the, I, I, I stopped using the elevator because it takes, it takes less I time to use down. the stairs right. than to wait for the elevator to come. You know, it's 20 people in every elevator ride. Um, and, you know, no privacy, no intimacy, no, no quiet time sure. for yourself. Um, and is the hotel feeding you or is that yours? Yeah, no, so the hotel is feeding us and, and they're, they're making efforts to feed us uh, well and they make adjustments as, as, as we requ request. They're, they're being very nice to us. And Shabbat, say. you're together. Shabbat, we're together. Except missing a lot of males between 18 and 35. Correct. So most of the, most of the uh, fathers of the, of, the, of the males are obviously out in the reserves, out fighting in the army. Um, another large group is in, back in Nave taking care of all the farming. So we How many people? So 50? I would say, no, I would say we have probably at least 20 or 30 people from Nave and another 50 to 70 volunteers from all over the country. And they're somewhat at risk, right? They are, there. correct. They had actually a rocket fired at them the other day, landed about 500 meters away, uh, you know, so, and they're in the fields. They don't have any sheltered rooms, nothing. So the siren goes off. They're like lying on the, on the ground, covering their heads and hoping that uh, it doesn't land on them, Right. Um, so no one was no one was hurt, Baruch Hashem. Um, but yeah, uh, we understand. Look, Nachum, you have to understand. Your 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 listeners have to understand. Most uh, most of the Israeli farming and agriculture comes from the south and from the north. So the south and the north of the country are 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 holding. Uh, you know, all the moshavim and the kibbutzim. They are the ones holding uh, all the, the farming and the agriculture. So at an important harvest time, very important the beginning harvest of October, time, right? for sure. And all of these places have been evacuated. Number one, number two, the Thai workers that were were doing all the all the farming work have fled. So some of the Thai workers that we know that were were murdered and, and some were kidnapped on October seventh, and their friends who heard the news just took their feet and ran off. Right. First flight out, gone. Them. Yeah, no, I'm not blaming them at all. Yeah. But in one second, you know, we have we have these enormous uh, farms of, of farming that we have to take care of. And unbelievably, you know, it's just all the time people are coming uh, to to help volunteers from all different parts of the of the of the of the country. I want to say that we have we have uh, Carlin Hasidim. 
Huh. Carlin Hasidim, the Rebbe, a lot of accolades. The Rebbe told them they right. have to go out now and, and help volunteer, and we're yeah. kind of trying to work it out. I know there've been other places, um, and Dati Chiloni. Everyone is together working. It's very, very uplifting, very exciting, very special. Um, you know, given the given the circumstances, obviously, and um, so we have another few t- a few tens of men there, and a few you know a few are left uh, left together in the hotel. Uh, many of them have different, you know, responsibilities. How are the kids holding of. up? Like, because they always seem to be resilient, unless that's just, you know, by reputation. But, but I mean, are they doing all right? Look, they're doing all right. Um, obviously, every child has has his own world and his own, you know, how do, how did how does he react to the events that were, you know, it was many many very very stressful hours, you know, back on that day. Um, you know, every every parent and every child obviously took it differently and I'm, I, I'm sure that there are children that are in, in trauma and and in, in very very hard and going through hardships um, in the hotel it's, it's kind of like so intense you know yeah. there's no like there's no time like yeah. you know there's no family time yeah, right so course. kids you know you walk out of your door and you're like in the street right. <laughs> literally you know 100 kids right friends and whatever you know you have to gather them up you know we're talking big families you know we're talking 8 10 12 children families yeah you know in three bed in three bedrooms three hotel bedrooms um it's not easy it's not easy but look Nachum, I want to say I want to add one thing we're not complaining cuz baruch hashem we were no one from our town was was hurt and Which is remarkable. It's remarkable, and it's so much today to say that, you know? It's so much. We have neighbors and friends. It reminds me, and it may be a terrible example, it reminds me of that one downtown firehouse that was untouched during 9-11 because they happened oh. to be in, in the right. other tower as the tower fell. Right, know? so I'm saying, you know, we were blessed. We were blessed, and we no one was hurt from our town, and we, we buried friends. We have uh, friends that were very severely injured, and... Um, and uh, we know to appreciate the fact that we were we were we were spared, Baruch Hashem. And so you know, try not to complain. <laughs> it's 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 yeah. not easy, but you know Israel is at war, and war isn't pretty. War isn't pretty, and that's what it and, is. And the know? war came to your doorstep. I mean, you know what I mean by that. It, uh, it I, came uh, to you and your neighbor's doorstep. I sure do. I sure do. Sion Leshem is here. He and, and those who are curious, you are in fact an English spokesperson because you know English because you're from Israel. No, but your parents are from <laughs> the U.S. And they, of course, spoke English at home yes, as, as a did. tremendous advantage in the city of Nave. That is what correct. What vision your parents had? Um, there you go. So I, you know this. My brother Eagle and I have basically taken this on as a pet project. Right. Thank you. I don't know if we're going to raise a hundred bucks or a million bucks, but I'll tell you one thing: you could use the million. Oh, definitely. I mean, we have immediate security needs that we have to take care of. So, unfortunately, um, the the I'll, I'll, I want to be gentle, right? We sure. we just have we know today that we have to be prepared on our own. We can't trust anyone. Okay, let me just say it that way. And the whole country's thinking like you. So exactly. it's, not, it's not outrageous. And, yeah. and we so so I want to say we're looking back. We are looking at returning to our moshav as soon as we can. Uh, um, the head of the of the regional council is saying that if if and when we return as as a whole as a as right. a community as a block, it will it will be a, uh, an enormous you know pushing forward for sure. everyone else to look back. I think it'll make an enormous effect on the whole country. Sure, you know, seeing that they're not winning us, we are continuing life. Life is going on, and and our region is going to be, you know, ten times, a hundred times, you know, more flourishing and thriving. Any, any realistic prediction at this point, or now it's day to day. Yeah, I think it's day to day. You know, I I think uh, predictions are 
Yeah, whatever. Because you said to me three weeks ago, right. off the air, you said, you know, if you think we're back home by Hanukkah, that's a dream. The reality is likely somewhere in the first half of 2024. So I don't know. Today, things have changed. Uh, the Army is saying that theoretically we can be looking back, you know, starting to look at heading back. It, at the end, right at the end of the Hanukkah. day, after, before, whatever, I'm just saying oh, at the end of the day, uh, the Army is there at its entirety. So we're talking hundreds right. of thousands of soldiers literally right outside right. of, our, of our, our door. Right. If you're going to so, move back, now's the time. <laughs> right. So, you know, at the end of the at the end of the day, that's kind of what's going on. Um, but again, we have we have our security needs that we do have to take care of right away. Um, if it's equipment for our security squad, life is saving equipment. So, you know, it's it's it's. Uh, I know. Whatever I'm saying. There's we, so we, much. We were not prepared at all. We right. we had I don't know eight people in the security squad. Probably half of them can't even run more than a minute straight, right? And. Uh, zero equipment, you know, guns and, and old heavy vests, that's it, you know. And 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 today we, we know that if we, if we want to go back, so our security squad needs to be well-equipped. We're talking drones. We're talking security cameras. We're yeah. talking, you know, light uh, high-end vests and, and helmets. We're talking more guns. We're talking 30 people. So we, we had eight people. I'm saying we, we need 30 people. That's one, what's, what, that's one element. Right. Another super important element, and... Nachum, I, I can guess that uh, many of your listeners will find this hard to believe. Um, there are families in Nave, in our towns, that don't have sheltered rooms. Right. And you can only imagine, Nachum, you can only imagine uh, Simchat Torah, 6.30 a.m., sirens going off, you know. Nowhere to run. Families in, in caravans with children running, listen to this, running out to the streets while, you know, rockets are being fired at us running to the streets towards the playground because, hey, there's a sheltered room in the playground, you know, and standing there for hours and hours, no electricity, no... Actually, the, the sheltered rooms in the playground don't even have a door or a window, so Baruch Hashem, no one came looking for, for them, right? Um, and we decided that we're not going back as, you know, families that want to go back. We're going back as a community, and for that to happen, we need to build sheltered rooms for those families so that they can come home safely, so see, when the army is telling us that they can protect us and we can go back, they're saying, oh, but I'm not talking about rockets. Rockets, like, that's taken care of, right? Because you have your sheltered rooms. So, you know, siren goes off, go to the sheltered room, whatever, done. That's, that's like old, old news, right? But you don't but, have them. But if, most of the families do. Right. But there's a small amount, probably at least 10 or 12 families have don't have them. We have to build. We have to have a construction for those right away. And that's kind of what we're campaigning for. And, and thanks again for, for kind of chipping in and, and giving your – you know, your part in, taking your well, part in that. like I say, I, I, you know, I'm hoping that this is a successful campaign. All I can tell you is that I'm not going to let my listeners forget about it. <laughs> so <laughs> that I can tell you. Thank you, Nafeh. Um, it's Sion Lashem of Naveh. Is that the right pronunciation? You keep it saying, is. You keep saying Naveh. Whatever. Is I'm it? Israeli, so Naveh. I'm wondering what the, uh, what the, what the, where the vowels are. But I don't uh, know. I don't know. See, on these issues, the default is that you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> no kid from New York is gonna Nave. is gonna be given the. Actually, in is in Hebrew, it is Nave. 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 So, I I accept your. Uh, Nave means your correction. Nave means beautiful, right? Nave is actually yes, it means beautiful. It means it's, it's city, from the word of Noi. Have Noi. a city named beautiful. Actually, Beit Hamikdash is called Noyoshel Olam, right. the yes. beauty of the world. It's one of the names of the Beit Hamikdash. Yes, right. yes, and uh, Nave is kind of 
We, we mentioned it in the, in the davening. Nabe we have Nave Kotshecha. Right, right, so yeah, so we're named after that. And we had a great <laughs> rabbi actually who suggested that name. Seriously? Uh, yeah, yeah. He suggested, uh, our town was, was established by evacuees from Gush Katif. You mentioned right. Gush Katif earlier. Um, and when the town was established, they were looking for a new name. And the late Rabbi Mordechai Sternberg gave this, gave this suggestion, which was immediately adopted. And uh, I, it's a beautiful, be- I, I think it's a beautiful name. I couldn't believe when I walked into the Shalom Hotel. It, it brought me back to walking into the Shalom Hotel in 2005. And you can imagine that there are families who were evacuated from Gush Katif. There are actually families who were evacuated from Sinai. We heard there's families that are three now. This is now Sinai, a third time. Gush Katif, yep. and now the south of yep. Israel. Not many, but they're, they right. are there. We heard this today. Uh, yeah, I, can, I, I don't want to imagine what's going in their heads, yes. but whatever. Causematch.com slash Naveh, N-A-V-E-H. Give what you can. Everybody out there has an opportunity to partner with us in helping Naveh rebuild its security system, get them back to their homes faster. And if you were with me in the Shalom Hotel when we were visiting with Tzion Leshem three weeks ago, you would do everything in your power to get them back home. Um, they're handling it really well for the circumstances, but it's time to go home, folks. And I want to... Uh, with your permission, sure. I want to invite anyone who happens to be coming to Jerusalem um, or to Israel. Shalom Hotel. Shalom Hotel for now. And once we're, right. once we're back, come visit us in Naveh. You'll find a beautiful uh, community, beautiful area. Uh, please, uh, we're waiting for you with our arms open. I've got I've to visit Naveh. Yep. I've got to visit. <laughs> don't, don't depend on me to, help, to secure you in any way. Nachum, with your, <laughs> I'm telling with, you, it won't help. <laughs> with your next bar mitzvah, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see about that. Right. Uh, thank you, Tzion. Send our best to everybody in the hotel. Do we have anything? Oh, yeah, we do. Tzion, do me a favor. I, um, I brought here from the New York area um, letters for Chayalim, which is, of course, a tradition for people around the world to write to Chayalim. But the Mariah School, maybe we should get a photo of this because it would make uh, Moranina very happy. The Mariah School of um, Englewood, New Jersey. Listen to this. They actually, you got it? (laughs) They actually went ahead. You know the iPhone's supposed to make that process much quicker. You know that, right? (laughs) (laughs) And they wrote, This is specifically to displaced families, notes, of encouragement from the Mariah Middle School students, Bibracha from Moranini and her students, and that's in Englewood, New Jersey. So thank you. Please Nahum. bring those want, to the I hotel. Want, I want to say that they, this is not the first time I'm, I'm, I'm receiving these letters. We are receiving these letters, and they are so special and so heartwarming. Um, just to feel, you know, the, the the love and the support from Jews all over the world yeah. that's coming in. Friday um, night dinner, you should distribute these. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And, um, and you know, everyone, everyone does what they can. You know, if you can support the campaign, sure. support the campaign. If you can't, you know, you write a letter. And, and the letter is, is, is so meaningful to us. Yeah, we so, discovered you know, that last time, how it's people amazing. really yeah, love it. It's beautiful. The soldiers and, of course, those who are displaced. Yeah, definitely. Thank Sion, you. God bless you. We'll be in touch. We'll, Thank you uh, so much, Nachum. Thank you Oh, we're here us. next month, by the way. Hey, I'm you here. Got next live show in here. Well, hopefully, home. Hopefully, so by we'll then. Go, by the way, we'll go to Naveh for the. Oh, by the way, yeah. if you're back, you're coming to Naveh. At hey. the end after Hanukkah, at the yep. end of 2023, when we're back next month, 
That would be spectacular if we could do the show from Navet. I'll let you know. I'll keep you posted now. Make sure the internet is the first thing you work on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got to be very strong. Oh, man. Very strong. Oh, man. <laughs> How embarrassing would it be to our listeners after all their support oh, if we man. didn't have a great internet system? All right. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, just kidding around, of <laughs> course. Uh, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas HaRav Zebin of Yosef Alevi, and Zechonishmas Esther Basar of Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We read in this week's parasha, Vayechrad Yitzchak Harad the Gedoyla, that Yitzchak trembled exceedingly. What happened was that Esav had walked in. Yitzchak then realized that something had happened between Yaakov and Esav, and he began to tremble. The Medrash tells us that there were two charados. There were two trembling. The first trembling took place when Yitzchak Avinu was on top of the Mizbeach. He was going to be a korban. He was going to be sacrificed. His life was ebbing away. And he saw the knife come down. And he trembled. And now he trembled one more time when Esav walked in and he had realized what happened. The Medrash tells us, Omer Abchanan, actually, this trembling, the trembling in front of Esav, was even greater, even more, than the trembling al Gabe Mizbeach, when he was on the top of the Mizbeach. The question is why? Before, his life was at stake. And now, it was only in front of his son Esav. The Darki Ashlemus answers that when Yitzchok realized what was going to be the far-reaching results of machloikas, of dispute, of disunity, of sinas chinam, of baseless hatred? He began to tremble because he knew that that could chas v'sholem follow B'nai Yisrael through all the years of Golos. That was the charad gedayla. That was the great trembling that Yitzchok had experienced. In our generation, and especially within the recent weeks, we have seen an unbelievable spirit of achdus, of unity, from all different points on the Jewish spectrum. Everyone is coming together, kulonu ke'echad, everyone is uniting, everyone is involved in helping the effort in Eretz Yisrael, in helping the soldiers, in trying to do something for the hostages, in davening, in learning, in giving stock, and doing chesed. There has never been such a spirit of achdus among B'nai Yisrael. In the schus, that we are all am echad, belev echad, one nation with one heart. May we all hear the safe return of each and every hostage, the safe return of each and every soldier victorious in their mission. And may we all celebrate one huge united Sudas Hoda to thank Hashem for the Nisim and Niflos that we see every day of our lives. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. J.M. and the A.M. I know Rabbi Goldwasser on a little later than usual. My apologies. Uh, City of Naveh, we've partnered with them to try to raise as much money as possible for their security needs and more. It's, um, it's uh, causematch.com slash Naveh. Again, that's causematch.com slash Naveh.
this is Hannah Weintraub, right? Am I right? I just wanted to make sure I get my guest's name correct, <laughs> especially when, when – am I right, Hannah? Hannah Weintraub is here in our temporary studio in Nefesh Benefesh's headquarters in Jerusalem, Israel. What do you think of this place? Pretty nice, huh? Amazing. Oh, just raise your microphone and drop. And, uh, yeah, it is amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. What brings you to Israel? Well, I'm actually a nurse. What, uh, can, we, can we ask where? <laughs> or not? I'm, I'm trying to find a job now. I just finished my nursing exam, and I'm looking for jobs. <laughs> we know some amazing nurses. Hey, can I help you with that? Definitely. Because there's somebody that I think uh, I'd like to call on your behalf. But I maybe we that. should maybe we should do this off the air. What do you think? <laughs> Sounds great. Um, all right. So it, it's very simple. My daughter, Chava, who is a nurse, said that um, there's a group of young women who have started an initiative in memory of a very special person who we mentioned earlier in uh, in this show, and that's Rose Lubin, who was a sergeant in the uh, Israeli law enforcement, right? In was, the border w- police. In border police, right, border police. I knew it wasn't army, but border police. And outside of Herod's Gate, which is next to Shar Shem, she was literally stabbed and killed. Um, she's originally from Atlanta, Georgia. One of the reasons that my daughter knew her was because she was one of the leaders of a program that she, meaning Rose, was on, which ironically took place in Israel years ago. And um, they put out a call for people to come to her funeral on Mount Herzl, and the estimate is that there were 8,000 people at the funeral. I assume you were there. Yeah. Did you know her? Did you? What, t- tell me about it. So I was actually with Chava on that program. Uh, same program. So I was an advisor on that NCSY program. And um, all we keep hearing about her, meaning Rose, is that she was such a special person. You know, always happy and with the right attitude, full of energy. And people would point out the fact that she was, you know, had, had a lot of energy packed into a pretty small self. Like, he was, you know, not an imposing figure, <laughs> but, a, you know, on, on, on the smaller side, so to speak, but yet was full of, you know, all this life. And it, sound, and it looks like, from the way you're nodding your head, that's exactly how you would describe her. Yeah. Even at the Shiva, I was speaking to her grandfather, and her grandfather was like, it's crazy how everyone who I speak to is just smiling when they're talking about her. She was just, she brought so much happiness into the world. Um, she was a ball of energy. So how many people are involved in this initiative? Was, was it you and a few others? Like, how did, how did this thing come about? So it really came about with me, Chava, and the other advisor who was on the program, right. Tamar. Weber, um, and we were speaking about, you know, what we want to do in Rose's memory. She was so special. We all had relationships with her, and we were speaking about how on the program, Rose really wanted to work on saying mincha. Every day. Every day, and she did. She started trying to say mincha every day, and for many years after, she would get sent mincha reminders from one of the advisors, <laughs> and she really tried to make it a part of her life, um, and that's something that we felt we wanted to call on Am Yisrael to say, take on an afternoon prayer, whether it's Tehillim, mincha, some words from your own heart, just some God awareness in the world, and it just seems very appropriate for Rose's memory. So th- this is a, an initiative that's for everybody, for men, for women, for young and old, for everybody. For uh, it's very simple, as you're recommending and as your committee has uh, uh, initiated with this initiative. 
Uh, you're asking people to, you know, who've thought about it or maybe not thought about it, to institute mincha or, as you said, any type of prayer into their daily regimen. And the mincha we know sometimes can be difficult because middle of the day and you don't always remember. And hey, you know, I, you know, it's we we had to make it a special mincha today just so we would because of this radio show is on uh, during the time they usually have their mincha minion here, so we can relate to that. Uh, so everybody out there. If you want to remember um, somebody who gave her life in defense of the Jewish people and who loved the life that she had and was taken from us at the tender age of 20, she was only 20 years old, folks, um, you can go ahead and, uh, and join this Mincha campaign. Is there a formal website? Is this actually formalized in any way, or is it just you know, word of mouth? How is this working? So we've been sending out flyers uh, through NCSY and JSU on different group chats, uh, but it's mostly word of mouth at this point. All right. Uh, it's the type of thing that I hope catches on fire, so to speak, and goes viral, as the kids say. Chana Weintraub is one of the committee members of what we're calling the uh, Rose Lubin Mincha Initiative. Would that be uh, that would be an appropriate way of putting Beautiful. it? In memory of Rose, who was uh, murdered by the enemy in her role as a, um, a law enforcement officer here in Israel outside of Herod's Gate in a knife attack that took place two Mondays ago. No, last Monday. Last Monday. Yeah, last Monday. Here in Jerusalem, my gosh, we're, we're in New York hearing this news, and we come here and we, we remember how immediate the news was just a few days ago. And uh, 8,000 people, as we pointed out, were at Har Herzl um, to pay final respects. And that's been an overused area of Yerushalayim over the last few weeks, to say the least. Chana uh, Weintraub, good luck. Be in touch with me, please. And, <laughs> and thanks for bringing this to our attention. Thank you so much for having me and for spreading this amazing initiative. A, a pleasure. Yes, if it gets one person to daven mincha every day, this was worth it, right? That's what we always say. If one person makes a commitment to daven mincha in memory of Rose every single day, then it was certainly worthwhile. JM and the AM, it is a, uh, by the way, I've been hearing uh, reports about the Israel vendor fairs doing really well. And of course, that information is on our community calendar, nachomsegel.com slash community-calendar. Also, we've get, gotten some, um, and you can look at that, by the way, look at that and see what a fair is going to be in your area. Uh, that's going to be happening. Uh, that's going to be happening um, through this coming Sunday when they wrap it up at Hafter. So uh, someone here says they're on 95 South. Someone says, good morning, Nacham. I'm on the bus to Washington together with my sisters and my mother. Someone says, shout out to the preschool mowers of TA in Baltimore who will be coloring cards with their preschoolers today and sending them to preschoolers in Israel who don't have a school. Wow. Let's say that again. Listener Devorah says, I paid a shiva visit to Rose's parents. Her father spoke how, about how she made everyone feel special, how fiercely she loved Israel. Of course, it's always the best that are being taken from us. And, and Leora Tedji said to me, yeah, you know why the best are always taken from us? Because everyone that's committed to Israel are, in fact, the best. Speaking of the best, but Baruch Hashem, B'li'ayin Hura, he's uh, alive and well, and Baruch Hashem looks fantastic. It's our dear friend, Tani Kramer, who's Director of Strategic Planning in Israel here at Nefesh B'Nefesh, but like so many others, has completed one round of reserve duty, and the rumor is he'll be heading back at some point in the next few days for another round of reserve duty. And I say, Tani Kramer, welcome back to JM and the AM. 
Great to be here. Thanks, Nachum. I appreciate that. And I'm not looking for any information. There was a rumor flying around this office that I was looking for information about a specific, your specific duties while you were on duty with the Army over the last few weeks. I'm not looking for any info. I just want... I wasn't planning on giving it to you, so we're... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I knew who I was up against here. But I felt, look, it's very simple. We, we you know, I always say God's the ultimate producer, right? right. When it comes to this radio show. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to fit everything into this day and a half, two days that I'm here. You know it. We've done this type of trip together a million times. Many times. So I, I desperately wanted to at least interact with a, with, with a soldier or two because I have gifts that have to get to an army base. That's okay. number one. Okay. And number two, this audience has to hear from somebody who could at least you know, talk about, you know, in, in vague terms if necessary, what it's been like for the last few weeks. So I'm assuming, first of all, and tell me if I'm wrong, I'm mm-hmm. assuming that this call-up happened at the very beginning of this war, or was it later than that? My, my phone started buzzing as around 7 a.m. on Simchas Torah. Um, we were notified that we have to prepare a bag and be ready to go. Went to shul, hoping that uh, I'd be able to get at least a kiddush in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're still waiting for that uh, one. Huh? <laughs> from, he- from here to there, by, I think it was like 9.30 in the morning, I was already on my way off to base. And... Um, I mean... Without a kiddish. Yeah, I know. I said you're still waiting for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> Have they told you how long this break will be for you, or you're not sure? This break now we were given from last Thursday till this, about almost a week off. Are uh, you Shabbat back at the base? I'm tomorrow, what, what day is it today? Tuesday. So yeah. Thursday morning I'm back on the base already. I was home last Shabbos. But, thank, but, for, thank God. But, but, why am I so sad to hear this? Because I know that you're leaving your family. Yeah. And, and this, this is being played out in hundreds of thousands of families in Israel right, right now. I, I am not unique in this story. No, not at all. But people need to know this. Another reason why we're here in terms of bridging the gap between Israel and the diaspora. I have a niece who's going through what your family is going mm-hmm. through with her kids, etc. So, of course, it hits a little bit home because we get reports when her husband gets those couple of days off, etc. And right. everyone's thrilled about it. But it's being played out hundreds of of thousands of times in Israel right now. Easily. Easily hundreds of thousands of times. Yeah, but... How I many women are alone with their kids? How many kids are just praying that their father walk in that door already? Way too many. But I can tell you that the, at least in the unit that I'm in and with all of my friends on our, on our team, the feeling is we're going to do what we need to do for as long as we need to do it for those wives and children that are at home without us. Yeah, I hear that. Tani Kramer with us. Um, you don't have to reveal anything. Have mm-hmm. you been told how much time to expect? Like, does anyone say... Does I've anyone, heard many different variations. Oh, so no one says officially to you anything like nobody that. Nobody says because nobody really knows. Right. Um, it all depends on the way the IDF is able to achieve the goals it was, it was set that, that were set for them by the government. Right. And, and can I assume, by the way, or is this a ridiculous assumption, can I assume because of the stage of life you're in, mm-hmm. that you're in the north, or that that's not necessarily I'm true. actually down south. Seriously? Uh, and the age has... Nothing to do with it? Nothing to do with it. So if I'm under the impression that the Gaza border <laughs> is dominated by people in their 20s, that's incorrect. Incorrect. I mean, we can... The, the, one of the... Uh, a very good example, right. unfortunately, is... Uh, Leiter or Yossi Hershkovitz, yes. who's right. uh, actually two years older than I am. Then I, he was two years ahead of me in school. Uh, his younger brother was uh, was in my grade. 
Um, so he he's 44, right. 45. And I hope to see the lighters later today in these unfortunate circumstances. And again, an older son with six kids, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure, but I think yeah, I, I mean, a significant family mm-hmm. to say the least. Anyway, so I, boy, am I glad you walked in. So I say, so God's the ultimate producer because now you've walked right. in and you've given us the pit in my stomach that I need to have. Always a pleasure. No, I know it's a pleasure <laughs> for you to give me a pit in my stomach, but I'm saying like I just have that feeling like I'm so. It's and I'm sure people listening, especially the ones going down to Washington right now, who are thinking the same thing. You know, they have to. They have a rough day in D.C. and you know it's not easy. You know, the entire day on the road and and walking and standing and no food. You know it's rough, but compared to what you guys have to do, like everyone's got to keep things in perspective. And just I just want to share one sure. story. You know, I was discussing at the Shabbos table with my kids or with my wife how you know how difficult it is how we all feel we're disconnected from our families and we're like living two parallel lives while we're in Miluim, um, and how hard it is for us to know that um, that our kids are going to school on their own and coming home, and, and my wife is a nurse, so she's also working crazy hours and additional wow. things. Um, but she said that, that the kids walk around with their chests, you know, filled pumped with out. pride, pumped out, saying, you know, my father is in Miluim. which is so it, it gives a lot of strength to those of us that are in Miluim that are serving uh, in the IDF right now, knowing that... Both we're protecting our families, but also our kids realize that it needs to be done and that they're proud of what we're doing. Are you a patient man by nature? <laughs> Not really. Sometimes, depends. Well, war I'm trying to work on it. War doesn't necessarily <laughs> need patience. It depends on the type of war it is, right? Not necessarily. Right. But, Not, but, but, yeah, but there yeah. was a waiting period. I, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Because you were probably working like a dog during that, what we consider to be the waiting period before they went into Gaza. When right, so there was a lot. There was a lot of things that were going on. Um, I'm sure I'm not sharing anything uh, special here. A lot of right. things that were going on with that. The regular Joe Schmo didn't know what was going on. It's not like you can immediately. You have to prepare for things. You can't. Just, you don't want to immediately take action. You want to do it uh, well planned so that you don't have major casualties or that so you have to you know gather intelligence it's a whole I, a, I can't even imagine all the things you have to remember <laughs> you know just that <laughs> forget about all the other things <laughs> your own personal safety etc um do you necessarily serve with only people your age or you have every age represented there every age in my unit it's like do, do people they, that are just starting the that right, just got out and, of the army a few years ago and, and do they do they look to you for advice and stuff like that or it's not that type of environment it's or? actually interesting it, we in specific in these specific situations you create you become a second family to right. your friends um so some of us the older um let's say more experienced people are give advice to the younger the younger miluim nikim um but also sometimes there's like new things in the army that we're not familiar with because it's been 20 years since we were actually in regular army. So we ask them for advice. Right. So it's like a give. It, it, it's a nice sharing situation. A doctor reading up on the latest treatments. You're exactly. asking them what they've what they've learned in the last. Like, few what's months. this new thing that we're using now? How does it work? Remind me how it. Like. So yeah, so it's a, it's a it's a two way street. We share we share uh, together. Do you have room in your backpack? Uh, sure. <laughs> Luckily, my wife let me take the car, so I have a trunk. <laughs> Do they let you park near the base? Yeah. That's not an issue? As long as there's room, yeah. I'm saying, yeah. right. Because up north, they were telling us that because there's so many blockades, you sometimes have to park on the side of the road and then figure out how to get right, to the so, base. So I haven't had that issue yet, thank right. God. Wow. 
Tani, this is, and Tani Kramer's here, everybody. Um, the student, you know, look, hey, you grew up in America, right? Till I was, till my bar mitzvah, 10 days post bar mitzvah. So you know, you know this routine. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, sometimes it's necessary. The Mariah School of Englewood, New Jersey, they prepared two, um, two envelopes. One says, L'chayalim hayikarim mitalmidei Mariah, Englewood, New Jersey, Bibracha Hamoranini. Moranini prepared this with her students. And the other one says, similar words, L'chayalim hayikarim mitalmidei Mariah, notes of gratitude and encouragement from the Mariah Middle School students, Bibracha Hamoranini. Now, we were told by the... Uh, three weeks ago by the soldiers up north who came directly to Yeshiva Dakotal to be on the air with us, that we don't realize how much these are appreciated, right? Because we always assumed, people like myself, the soldiers toss them in the trash, and that's not the case. They get hung up. They get they get uh, um, distributed to, yep. you know, to different soldiers, you know, etc. So I, I hope you'll take these. Here we go with, with Tani Kramer and Moranini. We'll see that photo at some point, and the folks at Mariah. And uh, and we're honored that you you take this for us to the base. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm going to share with our friends. And we have a little uh, fridge, figured, right. so we put in, we've been putting up all these different notes from uh, from kids in kindergartens and younger kids here in Israel. But I think this is going to be a first that I'm bringing back uh, letters from uh, from the states. I feel bad. I'll be with my family for Shabbat. Makes Enjoy. This is something enjoy, I told, right? I'll tell you, another, I'm full of stories today, I'll tell you another story. Okay? <laughs> That's why he's such a good guest. My, my, <laughs> my 13-year-old, my 8th grader, uh, my daughter, she was, um, this is probably two, two weeks into the, to the war, her friend invited her over for a sleepover. And she was telling my wife, uh, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable doing this, you know, people are in the army and they're fighting and this and that. And the answer that I gave her and I found out that a lot of other fathers have given their kids is, we're out protecting and fighting and doing whatever we have to do in the millennium so that you can have a, a, a nice. sleepover, so that you can have a barbecue with your right. friends. I still admire my nephew and future niece that Sunday night at their engagement party, they refused to have live music because of what's going on. I thought that was a really nice it's, gesture. It, it, have people noticed person, it and asked? Yeah, everyone right. Each person right. deals with right. it when they're in their own right. special way. That's our, The right. people that are out there are saying... You should live as as normal a life as possible right. because we're doing this for you. People that are on the recipient uh, part of the uh, part of the uh, story here, they, they they feel bad. But right. so it's uh, both sides can understand. Has the um, has the Hamon Am slogan made it to the army? Biyachad Nenatzeh is that Yachad Nenatzeh? Yeah, that has made it. Yeah, yeah. Soldiers have, say we that got as bracelets well. already. Yeah. We have bumper sticks. It's all. Oh, you just reminded me. Okay. <laughs> not only not only did we bring not only did we bring letters, but there are students in in um, the United States who are mm-hmm. not old enough to write letters. Okay. So so uh, so Mora Malki at the Aleph Bet preschool on the Upper East Side, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mora Malki and her staff says, "What can we do?" with these preschoolers since they can't write letters. So what they did was, they went ahead, let me show you one of these, they went ahead and they, did I tell you that God's the ultimate producer of my fast? I told you that. They went ahead and they created these keychains with messages so that the soldiers will have an extra keychain after all. Excellent. After all, doesn't each soldier need soldier needed extra keychain? And of course, messages as if, uh, you know, the students wrote them themselves written by their staff. So if you would take this as well, that would be amazing. Not, and thank God for Google Translate. I'll help. <laughs> That's right. Everybody will know exactly <laughs> what's written there because we're so technologically advanced. Oh, we need, we need another photo with this one. There you go. 
So there you go. Tani Kramer, of all the soldiers in Israel, we were wondering, who will we meet? I was, I was going back and forth with my fast. Who will we meet that's going to take care of this to get this? And Tani Kramer is the man. I'm not going to feel guilty about being with my family for Shabbat because you told me not to, but I will Definitely wish shouldn't. you a peaceful Shabbat coming up. I know it's only Tuesday, but enjoy the time with your family, as you put it, at the base, and biyachad in atzach. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Tani. You're amazing. My pleasure. Rabbi Fash just walked in, missed all the military secrets that Tani mentioned on the air, so it's his loss. But all right. Oh, by the way, a shout-out to Rabbi Przanski from Middlesex County, Rabbi Josh Przanski. Uh, Chairman Ralph said, I have to make sure to give a shout-out to those who are heading to Washington from the Middlesex County area of New Jersey. I think our next guest is from Middlesex County, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. I'm not sure I'm going to ask him. Also, I want to remind you that um, you're not from Middlesex County? You didn't go to RPRY? He's forgotten everything about living in America. It's amazing. <laughs> but one thing I will say about Rabbi Fass, one thing, well, I would suggest you do if you want to use a mic. One thing I will say about Rabbi Fass, unlike three weeks ago, he's been, uh, he's been, he's had a much... How do I put it? A much more uh, jovial, jovial disposition. Well, compared to three weeks ago, I'm not saying you're jovial, but compared to three weeks ago, it's more of a jovial disposition. And by the way, uh, by the way, that's a compliment. You may think I'm joking around with you. That's a compliment because, hey, onward and upward, there's a lot to be done. And I know it's, it's difficult circumstances now in this country. I get it. And we're trying to convey that to people, especially as they head down to Washington. But uh, as we've been hearing from all of our guests in difficult situations, we've got to um, remember the bright future ahead. I've had one guest in the last five weeks that would not allow for the, you know, it's going to be a bright future, you know, positive word. They, it, it was difficult for them to allow me to do that. Because it was dissonant um, for them or they didn't believe it? I think, and I got now. I got to be careful because this is. I thought about this. As you can imagine every car ride that I've had since then. I think that that they resented what they thought was a reality. Correct. That uh, that Jews in the diaspora are already thinking way ahead. When here, life is very much day to day. I think that was what was. I mean, just, I'm just assuming, but I think that that was what was going through their mind. I can, I hear that, and I know you hear that. Of course, I know you hear that. Yeah. I know Middlesex County boy. You oh, are. stop it! <laughs> now, you you and I have had different opinions about Jewish leadership, especially in the diaspora. Um, what are your thoughts, knowing that the majority of rabbinic leaders have encouraged everybody to go to the march on Washington today, um, and in general? You know, sometimes we are, <laughs> boy, do I have to be careful today. Sometimes we're a little bit critical about the role that Israel plays in the, in the um, lives and the public life of certain leaders in the United States. What do you think in general how they've done over the last five weeks? Give me your impression. Today, Washington, and in general, since Shemini I think it's been remarkable. I think it's remarkable 
that the moment Shmini Atzeret was over, the rolling up sleeves of Imono Chibetzara, that we feel your pain, and how do we help? And tripping over each other to find a way of helping, I think, and the funds that have been raised and the organizations that have been supported has been awe-inspiring, absolutely awe-inspiring. Um, the statements that have been said by personalities from most personalities across denominational and cross affiliations, and even having the Satma Rebbe come against uh, Nateri Karte, these are... And the um, Moetz has come out exactly, for the rally. Exactly. This is, this is um, I want to say historic because it's sad that it's historic, but it's, there are pivotal, pivotal significant um, developments which are fantastic. And, and the Washington event today, I hope it receives the numbers that they're hoping for, that they're anticipating. And I hope it makes an impact. From my seat, it seems, remember, I've, I've been in the United States till today. So I, from my seat, it does seem we'll, we'll get those numbers. But like you just said, I hope we're right. All right, so now. And I, you know what? And I think also, even if it doesn't have an impact on others, it's an impact on yourself. I think there's sometimes right. Right. that apathy is not right. an option. You have to declare publicly what you feel is right morally. Right. And I think for children, students, families to see that at this moment, at this moment, we stand for something. And a standing for something means either we took a bus for six hours or took a flight. These kids will remember that this event happened and it'll make a tremendous impression on themselves. And maybe that will probably be the dividend of, the day, of, the t- of today. By the way. And that itself. As much as we've joked about it in the past. As much as we've joked about it in the past, like your experience as a kid in Israel was. You've always said, yeah. even though it wasn't noteworthy to a degree, it certainly is what helped. Yeah. Or the March for a Soviet jury. Right. All these events are pivotal events that, that are in our library of Jewish experiences. All right, I got to ask you about the, about the parents and lone soldiers. Sure. Uh, and I have a bunch of stuff I have to ask you about. I don't know if the next 40 minutes will be enough. But we'll, I mean, based on last time, it won't be enough. But we'll worry about that as we get closer to the end of the show. But I got to tell you this. I got to, got to, got to tell you this. I'm very excited to hear what you have to say. Because last time, <laughs> you went out of your way to, to do a whole duffel bag routine. I mm. got to tell you this. I got to tell you this. You know how God, when you, when, you ex- when you show God that you're going to go ahead and do something, you know, that, you, that you're committed to doing something, you know how he helps you along? Sure. So now, you know Nahum Siegel for a long time. I would say Josh Fast knows me, oh my gosh, probably for more than 20 years at this point. And you know, and you know my habits when it comes to travel to Israel, and you also know my habits when it comes to travel to Israel for very short visits. You know that my preference when I'm in Israel for two, three days is that I have either zero suitcases or one suitcase. Truth. In other words, I don't want to travel with anything. And I want to land back in Newark and go straight to the studio. But if I need a suitcase for a special reason. Or like, for a special person. Or a special person, then I'll, do it, then I'll go ahead and do it. All right. Well, yeah, we had this discussion last time. Right. Why not? This is the sequel of Duffel Bags. So then. <laughs> I got a, so many co- uh, co- cr- cr- <laughs> horrible hate mail from that one. So Trust now, me. Why are you bringing me back there? So now, listen to this. Yes. Last week arrives, and my wife comes over to me and says, okay, it's time to make a decision. Are you going with no luggage or, because now, 
the kids, meaning some of my children want to send my niece who's without her husband and with her kids, they want to send something special to her and they want to send special stuff to their cousins who are Yigal and Rifki's kids. And then Yigal starts ordering from Amazon at a rate that I cannot even describe to you. If I had, it's just a, you can't imagine. How much, throwing everyone under the bus right do, now. Do you know what I made him do today? When I brought him the three bags of stuff for him, I said, do, My me, sir. I said, do, I said, do me a favor. Just put down whatever you have and, and lift these three bags. I just want you to lift. I want you I want you to experience what I just went through getting this here for you. Anyway, I know sometimes I'm a little bit dramatic. Anyway. A little. So <laughs> I say to my wife, I say, Stacy, I'm going for it. Anybody, whatever anybody asks me, I'm taking. Beautiful. I end up taking three suitcases. And I have this whole plan that because now, because now I'm almost at your level on LL, mm-hmm. <laughs> I figured they're not going to charge me for the third one anyway. And I was right, right? You do, you, Hashem helps you along, you know. <laughs> How can I charge you for that? You know, you bring it to Israel. Fine. But one of them was stuck in the carousel. What happened? Wait. What's the punchline? Wait. We're using up all of our 40 minutes on this story. <laughs> I know, but it's such a good story. Go. I get online after security. You know what security is in Newark. No, right? not at all. And then I get online to the, you know, to, you know, to, to do the ticketing or whatever they do over there with the passports. I do the three suitcases. And someone walks up to me. Nahum Siegel. Yeah, yeah. Remember we were on a flight together on a tish above the. Oh, yeah, I remember you. You got to do me a favor. Somebody was supposed to go to Israel and they just canceled and there's 10 duffel bags sitting right there. You don't have to do anything. We have the whole operation taken care of. All you have to do is tell them you want to take and I'll swipe my credit card and, and it'll be taken care of. And you remembered our conversation. So I go ahead and I do it. And this gentleman comes over to you're me. You're at Sadiq. Well, I don't know about that. But gentlemen, by the way, when you hear the real conclusion of this story, you're not going to say that. But anyway, so I, gentleman, comes over, gentleman comes over to me and he says, I just want you to know what's in these duffels. Because we have an arrangement where this stuff literally goes straight to an army base. There's 113 combat helmets, two of which are going to be used by Israeli universities for testing to see what type of combat helmets they should now be ordering from other countries. That's number one. And in the other duffels are 300 pounds of energy bars, which I know it sounds funny, but in Gaza right now, they need energy bars. Subsisting over. Yeah. So I felt amazing. I felt amazing. I just went ahead from zero to 13, right? With mine, it's 13. And, and there's 113 combat helmets in there. And I feel fantastic. I mean, this is the greatest thing ever. So I said the voice note <laughs> to my kids. And I go, I just got to tell you, when you do something nice, God really rewards you. Because I don't, I don't even have any responsibility for this stuff. They're going to come to the airport and pick it all up. So I, I write, and I say this up, and, I, and then I go, uh, and I go, and now I have officially smashed the Nahum Siegel record for most suitcases taken to Israel, which was one. <laughs> and now, today, ended up being 13. Now, why, why am I not a tzaddik? Why is this not a good ending? Because, as you know, while sitting with Yigal at breakfast, I openly declared, this is the last time I Fine. am taking more than zero suitcases. And when they asked you at security if you packed your own bags, what did you say? You know, it's funny. Security, they knew about it. They knew about this whole Fine. thing with the 10. They knew it. Like, it's, a, it's an operation that goes on every day. In so terms if you were st- honest, you maintained your tzaddik level. It's good. Oh, thanks. Uh, in terms of that, that, no, it didn't even go through security with me. I was way past it. They just asked oh. me, come over here with your passport and let us put the 
tags on it, and that was the end of it. So I didn't have to do I literally didn't have The to do ultimate it. dangerous request. It's okay. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> you take this on the plane? Yeah, a, no problem. A minute ago, you were taking such great pride that your friend was such a righteous man. What happened? Yeah, it dropped. <laughs> Just like Noah. So now, so now you went ahead. My, my offer of Shabbos was Noah. My, my father spoke about the difference between Noah and Nachum. Yes. Is that cool? Beautiful. Like anyway, so you came up. I mean, how many projects can come out of this Nefesh Benefesh office? Three Tuesday nights ago, I was at a wedding being hosted by the Nefesh Benefesh campus. I mean, how many things can you do, Rabbi Fast? And now you come up with a concept where because Israel's at war, you are going to reunite parents with lone soldiers. You're actually going to, br- and this means bringing the parents here. And you told me that it doesn't always mean they're going to see their kid. Correct. Because there are times when you're trying to calculate it well, but Correct. hey, it's a war, right? By the way, has it been successful in terms of every single parent? So thank so far God, has yeah. yeah. So it hasn't been bad time. No, it's at been all. two dozen so far. We just started ticketing. Right. We, it's been insane. We have. I mean, you're paying for their trips, right? Round trip. We have six hundred tickets ticketed. Two parents, one parent, one parent, one family member from everywhere. Are the kids all surprised? It don't have to be necessary. No, they coordinate it. They coordinate it. Um. And it's I been even, unbelievable. I mean, I even thought it in is. multiple languages. And all the parents want to come during now. Like they don't. Now, afraid. now, now. The, the the letters, the emails have been incredible. Just thank you, thank you for giving me the opportunity just to be in the same time zone. Thank you for giving me the opportunity that maybe I will grab a ten minute hug in Ashkel and Rashto when they come out of Vaza. In every language. We have, now one second. I mean, obviously the U.S., but where else? Oh, I'll give you a list. It's in Venezuela, Argentina, Cuba. Because there are Venezuelan lone soldiers we in Israel. 64 countries are represented by lone soldiers. We offered it to, we have WhatsApps of all of the soldiers and WhatsApps of all the parents. We have WhatsApp groups in different languages. We sent it out last week, and I didn't expect other countries. Between you and me. U.S., you were thinking. I also didn't budget for it. But <laughs> I, I didn't expect, I didn't expect, um, I mean, how many, how many parents are going to come during a war zone right. from countries that you didn't expect there to be a real representation? Everyone. It's been incredible. It's been incredible. I mean, it's limited right now. The first wave is for designated for parents of daughter or son who are in active combat. And we have hundreds, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. The second is support to combat. The third is in the army. Um, I mean, but I, but I, it, I, I didn't anticipate no, that there'll be that. so much in the first. And, and I know that life is day to day, but I mean, does it end when the war ends? Like what? what no, right you, now, right right it's now, day-to-day. it's 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 day to day. We're hoping that it's going to to be for the duration of the war and how long. Because the be. truth is, this could be a peacetime initiative. Also, when you think about it, there are a lot of lone soldiers who don't see their family. Members it, the question is whether or not the funding will be right. there post war. Everyone everyone is right. um, rolling up their sleeves trying to help, and it's been. I mean, we've had incredible, incredible um, support from the JNF on this project and from the FIDF. And it's been incredible to see two or three institutions that just coming together, putting ego and logo aside to make this happen for parents around the world. And I think for me, Dayenu just for that concept, which is beautiful, that the unity is not just on individual level, but on the national level. And then you start seeing the pictures. I get a picture of every reunion. I've seen some of the videos. And I just said, I got a few more. And it's just, it's beautiful. And I love this Dayenu where the parents say, if I could just have a 10-minute cup of coffee. No, it's incredible. And and they (laughs) just want to be here. 
I just want to be here. Rabbi Fass, of course, with us. All right, so you could imagine. So where did this come from? You asked me where it come from, or I'm cutting you off. What, what, what you? Well, I asked. <laughs> I, I, look, it's no secret that you sit in this building and, and probably on the road as well and think of a lot of creative ideas. Mean, we've sat on planes where you've told me some of your creative ideas that ended up being implemented. So I assume so, this was just another. Right, no, so. I, I, I think you, you, you hit it on the head of, of saying that my disposition or my attitude has, has definitely um, been calibrated over the last two weeks. Uh, it, it, last time we sat, I was very, very down. I still am. It's very hard. I don't go a day without crying. I'm being honest. Doesn't, it's fine. Um, you and half the Jewish mothers yeah. in the world who can't believe that their babies and being fathers as well. I, I, I get it, but yeah. you know what I'm saying. No, hundred percent. I mean, I um, literally hear from certain Jewish mothers who can't sleep at night. No, hundred percent. And and I and I've divided, I've divided my approach, or my efforts into three different realms. Um, and I think a lot of people and institutions and communities are also trifurcating or dividing it into three different approaches. Number one is rachamim, compassion. There's so many different individuals or groups of people that need support. Anywhere from the soldiers themselves to the support families of the soldiers themselves. I mean, how many single parents are there through in this entire country that oh. are holding this country together, which is just incredible, incredible. Um, to those who have been displaced, families of Khatufim, of those who have been taken hostage, you don't have to look beyond a foot to see another person who needs Rachamim, compassion, concern. So that's one of looking at those who need immediate help. The second is finding, of living your life, of finding a way of embracing Chayim, life, but with a very nuanced, balanced approach of being cognizant of what's happening. I was just at a wedding of my daughter-in-law's sister, Debbie Rogelberg, just had a wedding, and it was so remarkably beautiful because the balance was perfect. Perfect. Balance is perfect of acknowledging at every single second the war that is clouding us and the pain that is surrounding us, but also resolute in moving forward as Am Yisrael Chai with resolve to to move forward and to build and and I walked away saying they got it I, I've been looking for different people or events to to find that balance and if we're able to maintain or be sensitive to that nuance of a balance I think that's the way to move forward and and it's also you feel less guilty smiling <laughs> You feel less guilty dancing at a wedding. Last night we had our sixth wedding on our on our rooftop. You also spoke about how how you start and end Shabbat with your family. Yeah, we still do it, and uh, and, and you have those twenty four point nine hours. Yeah, in, in between 100%. that, thank God you're able to operate right, bef- like that. right right before Kiddush. We say three tefillot, and right before Havdalah we say three tefillot, and we bookend our Shabbos. And other families who have been by us have taken on that practice. And then the third focus is to bring light and shira and song to this world. And I'm just racking my brain of ideas of how that are not critical service provisions. That's the first approach. 
you're bringing helmets, you're bringing energy bars, people are bringing deodorant, what are their <laughs> critical needs? Needs for making sure that the wives are taken care of, making sure that the families are taken care of, making sure that the 110,000, 120,000 um, Israelis who are displaced are taken care of. Um, besides that, how do we make, how do we show love and care to that second degree? How do we bring light and life and song back to this world? So one of those, one of the ideas was, let's just bring more love. <laughs> Who needs love now? Our soldiers need love. Even more so, the family that are living thousands right. of miles who cannot sleep because they don't understand what's happening on the news or they're getting the news translated three times over and they, they're, they're longing for connection and it's driving them crazy. Um, so it was an idea that surfaced uh, a few weeks ago almost as a wishful thinking and it just it has come to fruition, and it's uh, and it's remarkable. Um, we're in we're somewhat. I, I don't know if I could put a resident of Israel in the same category. We're somewhat in the same boat when it comes to information. We, we know as much as the lone soldier's parents, no matter what the country they're in, because we again, I don't know if it's different here. We we just don't understand what's going on, how the military is progressing. Yeah. It, it, what percentage of what they eventually are going to do they've already done, what the timetable is. I mean, I, I'm really not using this as an opportunity to pump information from you because people have this impression that you're tight with so many members of government that you're the only one who knows the exact uh, strategy of this war. Uh, <laughs> but, and by the way, on that topic for a second, because it's so heartbreaking, have you ever been told anything about hostage strategy? Has anybody in the government said to you anything that might even yes. give us a glimmer of hope yeah. that the majority, that everybody might be alive, might be returning home one day? Like, what could you say about that topic? Not much, but there are people who, ha who are tasked with this being a top priority. Um, we have several individuals who are are part of our program, either family of family members and chayelim, bodedim from our project. Three confirmed, seven not confirmed. Um, so, so uh, in my conversations, we we raise these these. Just uh, I'm also searching for information right. because Everyone's family frustrated. is searching for information, and um, uh, the the latest that I've heard is that there's a feeling. Thank, there's there's a lot of optimism. There's a lot of optimism. It's Kislev. It's the month of optimism. Rabbi Josh Fast with us. All right, now you know that I announced I'm going to Israel, and I announced that the majority or all of our programming is going to be done in our temporary Nefesh Benefesh studio. Soon to be permanent. Oh, in fact, I actually brought an item from the United States because Stacy said, if you really, if you really are going to make this your studio for now in Israel, then we have to put something on the conference room table. So what are we doing? We'll do it in a few minutes. Ooh. But as you can imagine, everybody asks me, could you please find out from Rabbi Fass if, if, <laughs> if American Jury is knocking down the door now to make Aliyah? I'm so curious. How does this compare to other times? Like, everyone's so afraid. Is, is, is everybody filling out an application? So is there an answer to that question or not? There is an answer to that question. Um, I convened an emergency session last week in the government that was 
Unprecedented, or it's happened before emergency session? I've never convened uh, a session about Till last week. For North American Aliyah. Till last week. Till last week. Um, wow. Talk about the quote I mean, of this interview. Off, yeah. off, off records. <laughs> um, this is Mamash over. This is not. Um, you, you know that this is broadcast uh, in a public. Is right? it live? Is there like a twenty-second <laughs> no, delay? There's a zero-second delay. <laughs> uh, oh god! Unless um, you have a sledgehammer, you want to take. So it let, let me let me yeah. let me let okay. me roll it back so people will forget about that sentence. Um, we have a perfect storm, and I explained to you the perfect storm. I'm using that terminology as just a confluence of two major right. historic events. Right. Number one, whenever there is a seminal event in Israel surrounding wartime, there is a massive spike in Aliyah from North America the following year. Including intifadas. Including intifadas on a second level, but 68, 74. These are... 2015, you'd say then. Correct. Um, Triple the amount of what a normal average year is. So you put that aside. So... No matter what, regardless of... That's the Israel piece. The Israel piece. Right. The Israel piece of the, the solidarity, the expression of Zionism, and calibrating one's compass to be part of... It's the, time brother. to go. It's be time with to our go. Brothers. Whatever it is. Right. All this pent-up uh, Zionist uh, you know, fervor. Right. That's going to happen no matter what. 2024 will reap that expression, that Zionist expression, the conveyor belt of Zionist So you're ready to know you're ready for a banner. Oh, 100%. Now couple it with the fear factor and the discomfort... That's happening in the States, which is really unprecedented anti-Semitism that is being expressed. I'm not saying unprecedented right. anti-Semitism with a period, but expressed. Um, Rhetoric and in violent acts. 100%. Yeah. And the feeling of discomfort of any person in almost any state. Sure. So I think... And we could add in any major city in this world, but okay, yeah. You know, okay. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, and how horrific it is. You just scratch the surface and you see just right. the volcanic anti-Semitic sentiments. That has produced, in the last four weeks, a 100% um, increase of individuals over submitting applications. Over what? This month last year? Like, what are you comparing yeah. it? Average, mean average of previous years. So if there were 100 couples in this month last year, it would be 200. I'm not even, I'm not even talking about... No, I'm, not, I, no, no, I'm, I'm just, just saying what I, 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 I said a word and, and I put some emphasis, but you didn't catch it. And I said submitted. 100% submitted. I'm not saying... Not just downloaded the uh, application. That is off the charts. See, and getting a lot of phone calls of how do we start the process? How do we do the process that it's ready when we're ready? And that's a different conversation. Usually people were like, okay, when it's ready, I'll start or not. Nah. Right. But now well, it's... Well, that's an Alchem Siegel conversation. 100%. Right. How do I pack, figuratively, my, my Aliyah bag and have it to be able to... And have the ability to engage it or to enact it or... What's the word? Ego? There is a word. Um, activate. activate. To activate right. it. Thank you so much. Activate it when I'm ready. And that was part of the conversation that I had in the government last week. What can and that is the emergency. That is why you, you were never convened for the first reason. You convened it for that reason. I convened it for... The American piece. For the American right. piece. For the North American piece. The North American piece, we have to be... Everyone has to be prepared um, for, for a wave of interest and a wave of facilitation. And are all the parties who are involved able to do so? And then that's number one. 
just the mere numbers. And then number two is the expediency. What happens if a person feels uncomfortable and they want to come in two months and not in a year or two years? What happens if the process is truncated? Right before I went into the, the meeting, someone left me a message. I just want to come in a month. And I played it at this, 30 at days. this meeting. So, uh, which is an impossibility. You can't immigrate to any country in 30 days. You can't. Even the, you know, this from the man who arranged a two-week aliyah, but all right. I know it was extenuating circumstances. I know. Um, well, and, under normal, then, what, was the, what was the shortest under normal circumstances? I don't know. No. You could, was it three months? No. Uh, Two months. No. A month. A month? Okay. <laughs> We're not that far <laughs> off. It's a, it's a <laughs> <laughs> no, it's usually... I'm going to get calls he now. He doesn't like being... Getting calls. He doesn't like You're being... You're anti-duffel bag. <laughs> he doesn't like being... And on why the... did my process take eight months? He doesn't like being on the hot seat. Uh, it's amazing. No, I'm, I'm fine with it. It just bait me into all these ridiculous statements. And then I have to deal with it till night, till like till one o'clock. Which shows that there's a listen... <laughs> Thank listening, God. Thank God. Listenship. Um, but... Uh, but the, the third is all the ancillary repercussions of an increased wave. And that is... Housing, schooling. Done. Period. That's it. Oh, it's housing and schooling. There's nothing else? The, housing. Re- re- retail supermarkets? No. The employment, the employment right, is I fine know. because the right. well, world has changed with employment right. since COVID. Right. Um, but housing and, and education, those, these are huge concepts. And then, then let's talk, and we started having this conversation, another meeting within the government, and that is... Um, university students. University students are living in a danger zone. A cauldron of anti-Semitism. That's a better way of saying it. So take YU and Turo together. How many students is it combined? Can't, Undergraduate. Can't accommodate the needs. Can't ac- there are 120,000 self-identified Jews in undergraduate schools in, in America. So what? 10,000 undergraduate schools? I'm being really generous for YU and Turo. So what, what, what's with the other 110,000? What's with the other 110,000? We're just going to leave them there? The, and we're trying to, to talk to the government of how do we create, first of all, marketing. How do we market to, to students across North America to, to, for them to know that they're competitive, highly acclaimed degrees here in Israel that are basically free if you make Aliyah. But let's say they don't want to make Aliyah. Is the government flexible enough to say, okay, for this shatat chak, for this extreme time, let's find a way of creating channels for people to get out of campuses, to come here and get the benefits as an immigrant or get benefits of freer education, but without making that, that full life-changing commitment? I don't know. But I put it on the table for everyone to start thinking about because we can't just... We can't just go through our, our day to business. And it's impossible to do that anyway without thinking a week from now, a month from now, six months from now, a year from now. The, the world is changing and, and we have to adapt to it and start strategizing for it. And it does not help. It does not help knowing that the war is so costly that's going to damage the Israel government's 2024 operating budget in a big way, in a significant way. And it doesn't help that there is no real stability for a government the day after this war. We're going to elections. So 2024, when all this chaos is happening, where there should be a clear, structured strategy, there's going to be a budget in a, with a, a question mark hanging over it. And there's going to be leadership within the ministries that's a question mark With, with even more question marks. 100%. Right? So it's... 
that's that's um, that keeps me up as well. And you wonder why I call you the most important Jew of the 21st century? Because you don't read much. Who, 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 who else? Who else is thinking of this stuff? Oh, but based on what who you just said, who else is taking his knowledge? Everyone is. Who else is taking his knowledge? Not a of lot North. of people. No, thank you. I, let's keep that subject for the and, duffel bag. In a second, I will be shutting your microphone, and I will say what I want to say about you. Okay, then I'll leave and take a nap. So, who else is sitting and thinking with with a knowledge of North American jury that you have? A right? lot of people, hopefully, <laughs> out no, there. But nobody's acting. Eagle's on it. been been very very <laughs> very be patient for no, a second. No, he's been so patient. But it's, you know that. But you know that the majority of. American Jewish leadership does not concentrate on this issue, and they're still not Because there's, there are dozens of other issues that we have to concentrate on. So thank God I'm in this position that I have the ability to do so, and, and I'm not it jealous. Cannot, and I'm not jealous of, the, cannot, of, of other, other leaders. Imp- who have, it's impossible as you drive home tonight that going through your head is the, that you're not having the thought that there should be at least 10 people that you can name who should be at the forefront of this movement, the majority of whom, I would argue, are leaders in American jury. That's a good one. <laughs> that one wasn't that a good one? Was it, that's almost, no, I'm, I'm not even saying that's that. That's almost as good as my Washington line. Do you know what I did two Sundays ago? I spoke for the Lower East Side community. They oh, to, you didn't tell me how it went. It, I didn't tell you, seriously. Didn't you didn't tell me afterwards. Thank God it was... I, I we, wish, were t- we were talking like five minutes beforehand. Correct. Right. You never called me back. Correct. You were supposed to. <laughs> and I forgot. Wow. He was busy. We're doing a lot of forgetting of calling back. No, we were supposed to talk. Because <laughs> you weren't going to tell me something. In, in one of the paragraphs. Yeah, let me hear. I said, I said, I don't know if you've heard, there's a rally coming up in Washington. And of course, you know, how I wish this was recorded, but God has his ways. I guess he didn't want it preserved forever. So, <laughs> so I said, if you believe, if you continue to contend that the events of October 7th were Nazi-like atrocities, and, and, if you continue to tell everyone that the feeling you're getting in the United States right now is a feeling of 1930s Germany, then how on earth can you stay away from Washington, D.C. that day? And, were they receptive? I want to tell you something. There are people in my neighborhood who came over to me and said, I would not be going if not for what you said. Beautiful. Which was amazing. And they were worried about a bus from our neighborhood. Will they get 20 people? I think they sold out the entire bus, which is a lot for it. It's a small neighborhood now. It's, it's a lot. You were going to say, Rabbi Siegel. Now, I wanted to ask a question based on what we're, we're going to go back four conversations. <laughs> yes, at least. You've been so no, Based on what you just said about 2024, which makes a lot of sense, that it's going to be a year of, I don't know, crisis, havoc, whatever, you know, havoc maybe, I guess is the best way of putting it, even after, even Mirza Shem when the war is over. Would you encourage someone to make Aliyah now who has a thought of making in six months, make, make Aliyah now and then you know, go back to America if you have to go back to America, but maybe go through the process now in order to avoid <laughs> the havoc the that might... The chaotic situation no, that's upcoming. No, I, Would you, you I, wouldn't... No, we, uh, there's a sentiment that probably comes up at least twice over Shabbos when people come in and try to veer the conversation to Aliyah, which I shut down immediately. But <laughs> What's going on in your house over Shabbos? Oh, Shabbos. I got to go there. We I call go there. our house is Motel 6. That's what we call it. Um, Half the people listening get that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Because they're old. Um, <laughs> what we were saying? <laughs> no, he said Why, a you, you oh, uh, uh, Aliyah is marriage. 
Aliyah is a relationship. It's a commitment. Right. Is a relationship. Right. It's a relationship between you and Israel on so many different fronts. Right. When it clicks, it clicks. When you know that it's right, it's right. You're not going to play around. It's not a. It's it's not a sh- a sticky, convenient moving. It. I I do not recommend it. Right. I don't recommend it. It's a life decision that will affect generations to come. A fulfillment of our destiny of other Jewish people. This is significant. When the timing is right, it will work out. And you'll know when it's right to make that move. Three weeks okay. ago today, uh, Batsheva was trying to reach you during this conversation. Is everything all right? Uh, I'm just trying to make sure that you're looking at your phone because it's rare that you take 30 minutes off from your office activities and that you're inaccessible to people. She's at work right now. So, <laughs> so Stacy Siegel said, Nahum, what is that? Nahum, you must establish a permanent presence in the temporary studio <laughs> of the Nahum Siegel Network and Nefesh Benefesh. She packed these somewhere in those 13 bags. She was able to pack these that they didn't break. Oh, where was the room? (laughs) Where was the space? Correct. So it's the Nachum Siegel Network candies, which are now going to be on display here in the Nefesh Benefesh headquarters. Look at this. And uh, look, they'll last for a while, and hopefully people will remember that this is where we broadcast from, even if they're using the conference room for a different purpose during our absence. I love this. So that is the Stacy Siegel contribution. She'll see it here next month when she visits. Could Stacy Siegel contribution to the to the temporary, soon-to-be-permanent... Could I hide these in between your visits? No, (laughs) but you could have these for your office. (laughs) These are the leftovers. Fantastic. (laughs) Anyway, so we have two beautiful bowls, which you all, of course, will photograph. Because if they're not photographed, then, hey, are they really here? They're so going to be gone three days from now. (laughs) Oh, really? You think so? They're they're just basic mints. I don't know if people are going to... People like mints. It's not like like M&M's, you know? put in Yael's office. (laughs) 100%. Anyway. So come back with a duffel bag of... (laughs) (laughs) By the way, by the way, good news regarding the design trip, I think we have another one of these bags at home. So, oh. <laughs> so we, may, we may be able to distribute even more. Anyway, so um, the, the, the mind-boggling revelation that we've had this morning, and we've had, we've had many of these in the past, by the way, that 2024 is going to be a banner year for Aliyah. I don't know. It should. Based, well, on, follows the formula. based on the formula. If based, it follows the formula. Based on the formula, yes. I, I don't, but there's so many circumstances and so many different conditions. We're, we're in a war. This war is, um, people are comparing this to our independence war. Right. Uh, every place I turn, people say, this is from veteran Israelis, veteran politicians. This is much worse than 1973, much worse than the Yom Kippur War. Um, so I don't know how, if this would fit the model, and we don't know how long this war will last. We also don't know how it has its, uh, has its repercussions. So following a formula, yes, I anticipate a huge spike in 2024. Um, but uh, as you say, God is the ultimate. I don't know how the ultimate producer. Thank yeah. you. Well, I'm not just for radio, right, for everything. I'm, I'm using your question. But you know what? Well, I, I was distracted because I'm saying to myself. The candies. No, but I'm saying to myself, just the hostage situation alone makes it a million times worse than the Yom Kippur War. Oh, you know, and I'm not minimizing the Yom Kippur War. We've spent enough time over the last yes. 40 years talking about the Yom Kippur War and interviewing <laughs> heroes of the Yom Kippur War and lamenting the fact that we lost so many during the Yom Kippur War. But my God, just the hostage situation. And that citizens I, were the target. And I want to tell you something. I, I, I know the level of concern, public concern for Gilad Shalit was maintained by his family. It was incredible. And by the way, 
I, I don't believe what his father's policy was was good for the nation. In other words, I felt the prime minister had to have a policy and had to deal with the Gilad Shalit situation. But any father had would a do res- the same thing. Say it again. Would do the same thing. Correct. But any father would has no has an obligation to keep him. You know, to to, to, to continue yes, the effort to that's your sole responsibility exactly to have him released. So that, that, and that was incredible what he did. And then of course. The three boys, unfortunately, it ended the way it did, but it ended relatively quickly. And you and I were there. Yigal was there at Zachary Baumel's grave three weeks ago this morning. We were there together. Just one of the graves of note as we see Miriam Peretz's kids. And and, and we don't want to go through, God forbid, Zachary Baumel times times what number, you know? Exactly, or any number, you know, between zero and 240. And that's why I'm just, I am so, of all the things I fear, I fear that God forbid, you know, the the hostages are not going to be at the top of everybody's concern list as this continues to drag on. That's why I'm praying. I mean, look, we pray that every day. Obviously, they'd be released. But I keep saying to myself, and I know it sounds a bit, I don't want to say juvenile, but it sounds a little too faith based. I'm just hoping for a kiss slave Hanukkah the, miracle. The, the mere number, the sheer number of of how many hostages has affected this country so profoundly. Every place you go, you see the posters. Every place you go. When you go into Cinema City, did you look up? Oh, yeah. Uh, 240. So what happens when people here in Israel see all the posters being ripped out, ripped down and, uh, by video? Uh, for I, I, I don't think most Israelis are even cognizant of what's happening beyond their Daladama. It's before, beyond what's, uh, what we're dealing with here. There's so much. Do they know about the march in Washington? I don't know. Not many. Wow, hit, uh, this is important. This uh, is not such important not even in the Knesset. I mentioned it to two ministers a week ago. I said, let's see what happens after Tuesday. And they're like, what's happening on Tuesday? Because I was talking about American relations. And, and then just recently, I'm not saying when, but just recently, I said something also. I said, you know, we'll check in after Tuesday. We'll see the numbers. We'll see if, if there's any change within rhetoric on, on news or Explain it to me again. And I'm just, it's, it's the current situation in Israel. Uh, it's very hard to, to share it with someone who's not. Right. It's who has so not dominant. Been, it's it's dominant. so dominant. It is so in the kishkas of every single that person. It's irrelevant that you cannot, they can't. Very few people are able to, to balance and to juggle That's those why balls. we get the reaction we get when we come here. It's sort of like they're waking up to the fact that someone actually wants to be in our space yeah, and comfort us. 100%. We should go to Tel Aviv, you and me. You can come along, Ego, and, uh, and visit the, the exhibit that they have in... Um, oh, my gosh. Heartbreaking, right? But the families are there. They yeah. sit there regularly? They have tents near the whole area. Family members take turns being in tents. I think they're starting to take it apart on Monday because of the weather, and they're going to start, and they're going to do a march to Yushalayim from Tel Aviv, all the families. But um, maybe we should swing by. And they're very, they're, they're very appreciative when, um, when people are just showing solidarity and, and express that they're, they're, they're part of part of their consciousness. We do not know what's going on here when we're sitting in New York or anywhere in the United States. And I, I mean, this has been my mantra. It's one of the reasons I'm back here, frankly. 
just we don't understand what's happening here and the and pain. the severity and the, the pain you don't understand the, the pain. agony the frustration I, I, I was just helpless I happened to be with some Americans the other day and someone w- quipped or made a, a light joke about uh, a hostage like just you know div- and it doesn't it fly here doesn't fly it's 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 an unholy it's an right? un, unholy violation. It, it it's it took it almost like was a shockwave. I I felt myself my entire being like stepping back a foot. It was like an earthquake tremor. I, it, it just it it's expressed right. the divide. Right. But just to be, I mean, just you know, it's not always the case. Right? No, a, no, a hundred percent. not at all. When people, when people say. Let's exchange 200 college campus protesters for each hostage. That, that's, you no, know. No, I understand. It, it's, but it, it's natural in any case. Right. When, when I go to a shiva house, every single day, you go to a shiva house and you're on for, for that thing. And then 10 minutes afterwards, you're already involved in, in, in what's for dinner and cooking. We can't, and then, then you feel horrible, but you can't at all feel in someone else's shoes the pain even the person who's the most empathetic person cannot, you cannot feel that. So when you're far away and you're not living it and you're seeing it and the first thing that you do every single morning, every Israeli, you open up your phone and just see if you know the name. That's how we live. Every single day since Shemini Atzeret. We open the phone and we see if we know someone who was killed yesterday. That's how we start our day. Before Modani Lefanecha. Before you get to the bathroom, do I know someone who died yesterday? And do I know which Kadosh person was maimed or injured or is now an amputee? That's daily. It's a luxury to think that people are thinking about Washington. It's a luxury to think, to think beyond this grief. That's what we're living every single day. It's... Now we're trying to find a way. Some of us who are lucky that don't have someone in Aza and are not single parenting. And, and are not reserves. And are not reserves and are not displaced from their homes. We're wondering if, how do we move on but also feel tethered to, to the pain that everyone around us is feeling. But that's what's happening on a daily basis. Ask anyone here, what's the first thing you do at 3 o'clock in the morning? We, not, do, we do it. I can't do what they do no, here. No, but, this is, but we I'm know sorry. these people. Right. I'm, we know them. We know this family. We know this person. We know where they live. We know that their neighbor is this. This is so personal. Because I know how I feel. When I see horrible things happen and then go on, on not every, we're not going to do a plug for Channel 12, for American stuff and Fox. And when you see these horrible things, you, you, you're taken by the brutality of it. And then you move on. It's not personal. It's all personal. This is all personal. It's like every day hearing about a cousin, every day hearing about an uncle, every day hearing about your cousin's best friend. Every day. So it's just, it's just hard. It's Wait. just impossible. A- and that's what we're feeling. And it's beautiful. It is incredible that jury around the world, despite the tensions and stresses and anti-Semitism that's happening, are expressing their love and solidarity in both heart, compassion, and money. But there, you, there's a divide, and I see it, and you, that's why you're here. 
Because you need to be, you feel that you need to be here. That's why Tony is landing tomorrow morning. Tony Gilbert, my partner, for the third time in four weeks. Because you just, you need to plug in. You you need to be here. That's why these missions are coming. I was just with Shai Shechter's group of Shai Shechter. It's beautiful. They're here because they need to be here. They feel it. They need to tap into what it means to be living during this time. Even if you don't do anything, Dayenu just for you to feel the heaviness. Were you at Rose's funeral? I was at Rose's funeral. I was right near the family, right behind the fence. It was. I was there, yeah. A few too many times at Har Herzl, to say the least. Oh, my God. Yeah, and uh, someone sent me a picture. We had a, a wedding a few months ago on, on the rooftop. And uh, and there was a picture of Rose on the rooftop, and her uh, whatever. I'll show it to you later. With an M16 swung over her back. Wearing, well, all they talk a, about is how energetic and incredible. Yeah, girl yeah, she was. and it was funny because I was standing literally right next to her, and I took a picture because because it was just it was a a moving su- scene, and this is um, yeah. So we don't have the opportunity, even if we're here, to speak to you tomorrow because uh, when you have certain guests that come in from the United States, your workload becomes even more pressurized. No, we can, we can, you can. I'm asking for two reasons. First yeah. of all, because <laughs> there's even more to talk about. <laughs> but secondly, because I, we're, we're, I'm, as you know, I'm desperately trying tonight to uh, meet up with somebody who's uh, a volunteer doctor. In Israel, yes, another we, effort. We have to, yeah, go that, on, another effort that you coordinated. Mm-hmm. We haven't even touched that subject. No. So what I wanted to do was, first of all, I'd love to have you back on tomorrow to discuss that. It's such an important aspect of this sure. whole thing. And by the way, it might become even more. It, it, may become, it may be relevant months from now, the same way it's relevant today. So that's a really important conversation, especially for those in the medical field. But the second thing is that um, I'm hoping if we don't meet up tonight with this friend. Uh, who will join us on the air that maybe you would be able to facilitate some type of phone call tomorrow sure. while you're here yeah. with a doctor just to get there back and forth about the experience. Although Yigal and I, by accident, were eavesdropping, not our fault. It was, he was speaking very loudly this morning at the hotel. And it, it, it just listening to what he's doing, they are busy constantly taking care of people who, are, who have been injured in this war. It's remarkable. Did I tell you about the, the doctor from Argentina? No. But yes, but we'll do it on the air tomorrow. Okay. Sorry. You're going to tell your... Oh, yeah. We talked to offline. We talked right. about that. You're going to tell your partner that, that you might have 30, 40 minutes? Where no, you, you'll get him. Oh, he'll be on? I'll get him on. Great. Perfect. I'm working on schedule. Perfect. Worked out well. Um, yeah, no, the physicians has been remarkable. We've helped uh, 72 physicians so far. I Seventy-two know. physicians are working in. No, I'm office. getting a signal that the show's almost over, but no, Eagle just wants to end it. No, he doesn't want to end it. The honest truth is, first of all, I'm going to the lighter family now. You know. I haven't seen Yechiel in. Well, that's not true. I saw him once before COVID, but it, it, he was. I don't know if you know this. Even he was a regular on my show in the 1980s and 90s, like constantly. Of course. Oh, do you remember that, Josh? You're a you're a long time listener to say the least. No, in the 90s, <laughs> 80s, I was like. <laughs> Shopping at motels, you know, <laughs> staying at Motel Six. Uh, how hard? How heartbreaking! 
it's, first it's, of all, it's, first you know, of all, uh, first of all, in all seriousness, for someone like me, again, I'm sure a million people could argue one way or the other. For someone like me, Yechiel Leiter and his family have given a lot for this country already before yeah. this episode. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's, he's had a lot of aggravation. I mean, I remember, you know, he's had a lot of aggravation, a lot of attempts to make really good positive change. Some that worked, some that didn't, you know. But he has an older son with six kids, yeah. and this happens. And again, that's why I said, that's what I was thinking of. You're 100% right about what you said. But when I'm sitting in the United States and I see this name, I'm like, oh, no. No, correct. Right, so that's no, I'm, I'm not trying to trivialize. No, no, 100%, any, I'm not 100%. trivializing anyone's 100%. pain. It's just And by the way, it reminds me, I, I, again, I mean, this is so ridiculous that we're even having these conversations. But it reminds me that at the time of the Intifada, when things happened every single day, yeah. every Jew around the world, you know, we're wondering who is it. And yeah. there was a song, right? We stand as one, star, which was an intifada song, started with those words of, you know, of, of you know, is it someone I, I know the, that the words, is it someone I know is in that opening lyric? Anyway. I don't know. What listen, I want to tell you something. The fact that you're with me tomorrow, you've already made my trip. You've already made my day. So. Well, you made my day with the candies. <laughs> That's, well, that's Stacey. It's, you have to you are, her. Stacey, you, you've state claim to this beautiful room. You cannot you planted that flag, that sugar-free exactly. flag You can't permanence. possibly say that we don't have a, some type of permanent presence here when you see these bowls. Are you allowed to eat these Edis? on Shabbos? Or is it like Mexica? Like erasing the... I'm joking. You know, Dougie, Dougie, who ordered those for us, explained it to me that those are not on the candy. They're What's in- talk? They're inside the candy. Wow. That logo is not on the candy. It's inside the candy. Is that cool? Is that cool? It's one of these glass. I, I don't know what it is. Hey, it's 2023. We can do anything, don't you know? It's unbelievable. <laughs> anyway. Hey, folks on, in Washington, you have three messages today. State of Israel has a right to defend itself, and you're going to fight for that right. Second, of course, is we want our hostages, our dear, dear babies, women, children, teens, men, elderly. We want everyone home. We want them home now. And, of course, the third, we are concerned about the level of anti-Semitism, subtle, blatant, violent, all forms of anti-Semitism in the United States and other countries around the world. Hope we sufficiently have proved that today. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Sion Leshem was here earlier, spokesman from Oshav Navet. Why God put us in a position where we felt the urge to partner up with Navet? It could have been any of the 30 towns in the South, but this is the one that we are featuring. And of course, we recommend that we uh, support the security needs of every town in the South of Israel. Causematch.com slash Navet. Simple as that. Causematch.com slash NA. V-E-H, please toss in something. I told, uh, I told Sion, I promise you we'll make either, well, I said we'll make somewhere between $100 and a million dollars. I'm hoping for the million. <laughs> please toss in a few bucks to at least get us to that for, I mean, we're over $1,000 already, Baruch Hashem. Uh, my big thanks to Rabbi Yigal Siegel and, of course, to our friends at Nefesh Benefesh for hosting us. We're back tomorrow with more amazing programming from Israel. Good luck, everybody, in Washington, D.C. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.